Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grave Plot Podcast, your one-stop spot for all things horror. I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. And uh, thanks again for coming by. Um, how's it going, Taylor? Oh, same old, same old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's, uh, what's new? Uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Literally nothing. It's an interesting life you lead. It's so exciting. <laughs> Two weeks until Crypticon. Yes, that's going to be awesome. Um, I know that, um, Rob, he, he had, a, like, um, kind of like a, well, for, for those of you who don't, don't remember, Rob was, uh, the guy running the makeup competition at Crypticon, and, uh, he was on the show a handful of episodes back, and, uh, I know he did his kind of like a, um, I guess semifinals for the for the entrance. There was something like um, I don't know, like fifteen entrants or something like that, and uh, I think he's got it narrowed down to seven, maybe maybe ten. I saw some pictures on their Facebook. I didn't see how many finalists there were, though. Yeah, but uh, they posted pictures of the work that people did, and it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so that should be exciting. Um, luckily, we're going to be there the day that they're doing the competition, so we can check that out, maybe catch up with Rob and find out how things are going. And excuse me, Tony has a message. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that should be exciting. And then you know, like we've mentioned before, all the celebrity guests that are going to be there, it's be pretty cool. Yeah, and uh. I believe, according to their website, that uh, Truth or Dare that we've been looking forward to seeing is playing on the day that we'll be there. Yeah, uh, I noticed that it's at a, at a weird time of the day, like 11 or something like that. Oh, really? Last time I checked it, it just had like times TBA. Ah, um, yeah, so I don't know, we'll have to work out a schedule, figure out how we're going to get yeah. that all in. But anyway, um, so this is our... Spe- uh, special Stephen King edition of the Grave Plot Podcast. Uh, today we've got a handful of, I mean, aside from other stories, we've got a handful of Stephen King-related news stories in, uh, in our horror business segment. Uh, on top of that, we're going to be reviewing a couple of Stephen King adaptations, um, which are uh, Pet Cemetery and It, which might be some, I mean, aside from like The Shining, I think they're probably the most popular adaptations I would think. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, and then also special guest in the house um, you might know him as the guy that helped us come to our conclusion on our viewer uh, viewer choice episode. The Oracle. The Oracle. <laughs> um, it's uh, the guy who I can probably credit to getting me into horror in the first place. Uh, my old man John. Skella John. <laughs> How's it going dad? Things are going great. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks, thanks for coming by. Things are wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for inviting me. Oh, thank, thanks for being here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, like, we, we've had guests in the past, I mean, but not to say that you're unimportant. <laughs> I mean, just... <laughs> you're the most nepotistic guest we've had. <laughs> keep, keep talking. <laughs> this is going well. <laughs> I would say we, we've had like you know directors and did uh, um, I mean a while back we had uh, this guy who he's the CEO of a company that 
uh, created the Crypt app, which is a horror-related mobile app. Um, I mean, just you know, people that have got some kind of foot in the business of some sort. But I mean, you're by all accounts just kind of an average Joe. And but I mean, like like I said, I mean, I definitely credit you to getting me interested in horror in the first place. And so I probably wouldn't be here hadn't it been for your influence. So <laughs> okay, I'm a producer. <laughs> oh, are you? produced you (laughs) and he's the oracle that's true yeah i guess we could just kind of credit you as like a stephen king aficionado an aficionado yes yeah i'll give you that one yeah um so i mean when we first decided to do this episode i mean god that seems so long ago i mean i remember i said how how'd you feel about doing a stephen king episode and i mean you were you were into it and i asked if you wanted to do it like next like the next, the following episode, or if you wanted to bump it back a few episodes, and you told me to bump it back. And Things kept popping up that we wanted to do like right away, like we wanted to do Oculus right after it came out. Well, yeah, I mean, but this episode we haven't moved it. Oh well, it's always been in the same place. But it's just it's funny when we look at our calendar. You know, it's you know we only do this every other week, so you know bumping it back like three or four episodes. That's two months yeah <laughs> down the line so. that's true but anyway um so yeah we uh dad we brought you on to kind of share your wisdom as far as stephen king goes and you share your passion of horror mm-hmm. um so maybe maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and um and kind of where you're like i mean maybe what like was your first kind of like foray into horror and, and stuff like that the the first horror image <clears throat> that registered with me uh, was the original Blob. Really? Scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> because it was this mindless uh, uh, eating machine that had no conscience. <clears throat> and that formula has been done countless times since yeah. uh, Mage Schwarzenegger a star. Sure. Mindless killing machine, uh, but the blob, yeah, scared the hell out of me. Um, and then the one that I actually um, followed, I guess for lack of a better term, the one I wanted to see more and more sequels of, and I couldn't get enough of, was the Creature from the Black Lagoon. <clears throat> now, I'm going back when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. When I was you know 11, 12 years old, um, and when at that age, when I was, uh, I knew that I shouldn't be afraid and staying up or losing sleep at night and being terrified of stuff because I was entering the wonderful world of puberty. I shouldn't be afraid of these because I'm a big, tough guy. I I was on a quest to find something that would scare the shit out of me. And it almost became an obsession where that was was the only only kind of movies I wanted to watch. The only kind of books I wanted to read was horror. Yeah. Um, And... uh, I had no sense of, uh, of sophistication, no direction, certainly no guidance, uh, except for your Uncle Mike, and that was worthless because he was, <laughs> <clears throat> all he was interested in was, was women. You know, he was sure. 17 years old, so. <laughs> so I was kind of out there afloat, and so I was just trying to find anything and everything, and so I was beyond, beyond the, the, the stage of the great uh, universal monsters. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were kind of... Passe, but you know when I'm talking like 70, 71, 72, they existed, but they were there was nothing. 
that was terribly frightening about them. Hammer films had made their way to the U.S. right mm. about then. Yeah. So you had this, uh, instead of Dracula, that was kind of a parody of itself with Bela Lugosi, you had Christopher Lee as Dracula. You know, six foot four, ugly, <laughs> scarier than shit. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you look at those movies now and they're laughable, but back then, they were, they were scary. They were just scary movies. And man, that was where my allowance went. Yeah. Every, every Hammer film that came to the theaters, that's where I was. And... It just—I mean, I could go on and on, but bottom line is, I was just on this quest to find the scariest stuff I could find. Tripping across Stephen King was actually um, pure accident. I read Jaws by pure accident. Mm. It was just a book on a uh, on a shelf that mm. I happened to get with my allowance because I had a shark on the front, big ass shark. If you remember the the, 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 the movie poster, yeah, with that shark and that little tiny teeny woman. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That, that had an appeal. It's like, wow, look at that big-ass shark. I'm going to go read that book. Same with uh, Carrie. Mm. Carrie was like, wow, look at the uh, – I, I remember what the cover was. Now I'm embarrassed to say I don't remember what the cover was, but the cover of the book is what got me. I didn't know who Stephen King was. But <clears throat> I read the book, and it's like that was scary. This is scary in a whole different kind of way. There's no monsters involved here. This is just terror. Yeah. This is just, you know, um, terror in someone that can't handle – uh, their their own <clears throat> their own capabilities. They don't know what they are, but man, they're killing they're killing people with them. They're destroying things with them. Um, and if you recall, the original Carrie, if you watch it now, it's kind of a schlocky movie. Sure, but it was pretty close to the book. Pretty close to the book, mm-hmm. which, as we'll get into later on, they have very rarely been able to replicate that success trying to turn Stephen King horror novel into a movie sure i mean but i was always trying to find someone you know find examples of of a good story that's turned into a into a good scary movie yeah i mean like you talk about carrie i mean like obviously the the original sissy spacex was incredible i mean it was kind of revolutionary in a way uh and and like you said a great adaptation and then they've tried to do it twice since and there's been garbage i mean they did that the TV movie, which apparently was originally intended to spin off into a TV series, which is why Carrie survived at the end. <laughs> don't even, don't even want to go there with that. <laughs> Carrie surviving, yeah, TV series. Um, and then the the remake that just came out last year, yeah, yeah last was Halloween. It? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the, I, did you ever see it? Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, it was. She, they they turned they turned Carrie into a into a teen movie like a, like, a, like it's just a teen date movie. It's it looked like a CW TV show to me. Exactly, yeah. 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 Um, and so yeah, but I don't know. I guess they say you know kind of like father like son. I mean like it, it came to a point to me where it's like I wasn't frightened by these things anymore, and so I was just trying to find something that would scare me. I mean like dating back, and I think. It, correct me if I'm wrong, and I might be. I mean, I know you and Mom have actually told me this story before that you were. I think it was the Howling you were watching, and I I was sneaking out of my bedroom to to watch it. Like no, no, it was. Oh, um, oh what the hell movie was that? Vamp. <clears throat> Vamp. Horrible movie. <laughs> Horrible movie with about the ugliest creature ever made. Grace Jones. Oh God. <laughs> okay. And they managed to make her uglier. She was the Vamp, right? <laughs> 
and the scene where you didn't sneak out. We actually let you watch it, which was, in retrospect, was, oh, my God, what were we thinking? I mean, <laughs> but <clears throat> you had this passion for that, that kind of movie when you were just, you know, basically just, just out of diapers. And, yeah, she's, uh, mm-hmm. she's riding some guy. She's on top of him. She's just grinding the shit out of this guy, right? You're banging him and banging him and banging him, right? He blows a nut, and she just looks straight up at a camera that's positioned on a boom overhead, obviously. And she looks up, and she's she's changed. After she blows, <clears throat> she's got a mouthful of sharp teeth. It's not fangs. It's a big mouthful of sharp teeth. And she screams. <laughs> he's on his He's, like, sitting back on his knees in front of the TV watching it. And he looks back with this kind of thoughtful look at, at his mother and, and me, and he just starts screaming. <laughs> scare the shit out of him. <clears throat> and... That's where Linda, she said, you have lost your fucking mind. <laughs> she goes, what are we, we are never letting him watch these kind of movies again. And that lasted, I don't know, a month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, just like thinking back, I mean, I, that was obviously bef- before I was creating memories. But I can remember um, initially being frightened by... Uh, American Werewolf in, uh, in London, not Paris. No one was scared by no one was Paris. Scared by Paris. No. <laughs> uh, but American Werewolf in London, I, I I can't remember the the occasion. I just re- remember watching it when I wasn't supposed to, and like I think I remember knowing that I wasn't supposed to watch it. But I just remember that being the first movie that I can recall that that actually scared me. Um, but I mean, now it's probably one of my favorite movies uh, i mean that the transformation scene from that still to this day is one of the most brutal werewolf transformations in all of cinema yeah and i think Agreed. that yeah i mean i think that probably maybe not just that alone but that creates that like kind of stemmed my interest in special effects and, and makeup and things because it's, i mean rick baker was the the special effects artist on that and just incredible work and i mean to this day i mean he did uh uh wolfman with uh benicio del toro mm-hmm. and his, his his work with especially werewolves is just amazing um and it still holds up today um like you said but anyway when um <clears throat> when 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 monster movies gave way to uh, uh human atrocities as in uh, Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. Halloween. It was a new kind of scary movie that was out. And <clears throat> for people like me, as uh, in my late teens and into my early 20s, looking for the next disgusting, horrifying thing out there, it worked. I was the, I was a, I was the demographic they were looking for. I was looking for something to be shocked. It wasn't something to be scared by. It was something to be shocked by. Mm-hmm. And it worked. And what it did is it allowed... <clears throat> Hollywood to migrate away from have, from the effort of having to create a, a a non-human you know a monster in effect to just letting people be the monsters because yeah. you know human beings have gotten <laughs> incredible capacity for cruelty yeah. yeah we're good at it and um, then you take that with uh, you know you combine that with uh, with hungry aggressive writers and some uh, insane art directors and makeup guys like, you know, like you're talking about uh, um, <clears throat> early guys like Botten and Savini when they were hungry and, you know, yeah. starving and being really, really creative. Um, Nicotero and those guys, and you put all that together, and for 20 years, it was hard to come by good monster movies. Scary yeah. movies were all about uh, human cruelty. Um, so that's when 
<clears throat> I was kind of throwing in the towel and figuring, okay, there's not going to be anything really new coming out for a while. Guys like James Cameron really were were still just screenwriters. Yeah. You know, about the, the fourth or fifth panel of credits that rolled up. They, sure, weren't, they yeah. weren't the stars yet. <clears throat> um, and, uh, you know, Raimi and guys like that. You know, who heard of them at that point? Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, so books. Uh, that's where I was going with that story is it started reading more books again. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten away from that because mindless <laughs> visual entertainment was so easy. <laughs> <laughs> Raising three kids, you know, who had time to read, you know. Yeah. Um, so that was easy to come by. Um, and then, but every once in a while was an exception. I mentioned Raimi a second ago. Um, Evil Dead was was a good exception. Good old fashioned monster movie. Yeah, that never had a monster. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, but it was terrifying. It was before it got campy. It was the first one, first Evil Dead, <laughs> scarier and shit. That yeah, way. yeah. I mean, we, we did a review on it on our, our first episode. Um, we reviewed. Uh, we kind of did uh, kind of a comparison with the the original Evil Dead along with the remake um, and um, yeah and we talked about that like how they could use just just a camera to represent the the creature or whatever it was it's just this evil um, and never actually show it to you and yet it was still something to be frightened of um, so yeah I mean unfortunately Sam Raimi's kind of taken a downward downward turn um since then but when in the biggest crime uh to cinema to to have occurred in any genre horror in particular <clears throat> is making movies in canada <laughs> <laughs> followed by allowing sci-fi to have any production rights whatsoever uh, of their own yeah <clears throat> um, that's why we have sharknado and uve <laughs> exactly. bull has a career <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll get a kick out of uh, our uh, buddy Carlos's review later on. <laughs> um, What's he doing? House of the Dead. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I, 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 I know what you mean. I mean, like, as far as reading, uh, Stephen King in particular, uh, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, I, I would read, I mean, you could probably remember me reading Dracula and Frankenstein and um, those those you know classic monster books, and then as I got a little older and I can kind of you know think three dimensionally, uh, I started reading Stephen King. You know, God, I think I probably read it in uh, it's probably still in elementary school when I read it. <laughs> um, are we migrating to Stephen King now, or are we jumping the gun here? Oh no, I was okay because just... <clears throat> it. Is the only as much as passionate as I'm about Stephen King books. Now I've read them all. He's turned out some real shit, uh, especially since he got run over. Um, <laughs> but you know, he's also continued to make make do good works too. It's just that the uh, the average and the mediocre uh, ratio to good is is tipped uh, the other direction. So, yeah, <clears throat> which is you know, it's age and and and, and wealth will will do that to you. Sure, but <clears throat> getting um, sober, <laughs> getting sober, yeah. <laughs> um, but the uh, it is the only Stephen King book in in in, in of my lifetime of reading his works that uh, I've read four times, and I have been chilled to the bone every single time I've read that. Um, in fact, when we moved to Seattle, and I was up here uh, uh, alone, you know, you guys hadn't moved up yet uh, for about a month, if you remember. Yeah, I was staying in this shitty little apartment in Tukwila. 
um, <clears throat> listening to the sirens and what might have been gunshots. I wasn't entirely sure. Um, and it was an awful little apartment. I mean, it was it was a nice apartment in an awful little neighborhood. So um, I was uh, I was spent. There's nowhere to go, and, and I, I didn't have enough time after working the new job to go even ex- explore the city. So I spent a lot of time reading and watching TV, and I read it again. Uh, and I was, again, by myself in a strange territory or a strange area, uh, strange to me anyway. And, um, you know, grown-ass man. And there was a couple times where I said, I'm not going to read this right now. Yeah. <laughs> because this, this book gets to me. Mm-hmm. That book is, I mean, people will argue and, and most will bias themselves towards The Stand as being his best work. Yeah. Some will say the, the Gunslinger story, you know, the, the Dark Tower story was, was his best work. Shining. Some, yeah, let me get that argument. And everybody has their preferences, and those are all, you know, awesome pieces of work. There's no, no question about it. <clears throat> but as far as what makes Stephen King Stephen King. Sheer horror, in my opinion, as a diehard Stephen King fan, nothing, nothing matches. Nothing even comes close to it. That is the scariest story by orders of magnitude that he's ever generated. Mm-hmm. Um, at least it's ever been published. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> again, it's just it's it's got so many elements that are done so perfectly in that book that there was there wasn't any way humanly possible a movie was going to ever do it justice sure but uh yeah that's the only book i've read of his only novel i've read a lot of short stories multiple times but that's the only novel i've read four times and that one and that one time you know mm. grown man i had to put it down a couple times saying nah <laughs> this one's just rattling me a little too much yeah <laughs> okay um all right well we're going up on 20 minutes here now so uh <laughs> let's uh go ahead and uh, jump into horror business All right, Taylor, you want to start us off? All right. Um, well, we in the intro, we briefly mentioned slasher movies, and it sounds like we may be in for a new one, because it sounds like Halloween 3 is confirmed. <sighs> this yeah. was originally reported by BloodyDisgusting.com. Yeah, and it has since been confirmed by HalloweenMovies.com, which is the official website of the Halloween franchise. Um, I don't believe this is going to be a remake of Season of the Witch. I, I really hope not. I've, I think I've mentioned before how much I hate that movie. I kind of like that. So do I. See, <laughs> I always thought it was okay. People, I, I know people like it. I just, I just really don't like it. And I like, I think when we've talked about this before, I, I've said that I'm, I'm not even that big of a Michael Myers fan. Um, but just Halloween 3, I just don't like it. <laughs> you know why you don't like it? Why? It's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> but it does have Tom Atkins in it. And his mustache. And his power mustache. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the quote from HalloweenMovies.com was, As we stated before, we are dedicated to the fans of the Halloween series just as much as we are dedicated to delivering a film that we believe the fans deserve and will most importantly love. With that being said, we can confirm that a new installment of Halloween is indeed on track and moving forward. We are currently developing a script to finally bring Michael back to the theaters. All right. Um, 
like you asked before if this is going to involve Rob Zombie, it's looking like it's not. I mean, I think he kind of un or in it, unform, informally <laughs> um, said that he's he's kind of he's done with it. I think. He was not happy with the way that Halloween 2 turned out, from what I've heard. Who would be? Yeah. <laughs> I think we were all disappointed how it turned out. Yeah. Um, yeah, the rumors that it was not the movie that he made. Right. I mean, but, you know, to an, to a an certain extent, he has to take responsibility because sure. I'm sure that he wrote in um, Michael Myers' mother with a white horse. Oh, I'm sure. For some fucking reason. To and, put Cherry Moon Zombie in it. Sure. Yeah, uh, and uh, turned Michael Myers into some fucking weird hobo. <laughs> <laughs> I did, that movie is just a disaster. I, I would be interested to see a director's cut just to see how much his vision, quote unquote, actually matches what was made. Yeah, I wonder if he'll ever actually do that though. Cause I, I doubt it. I feel like he's full of shit. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I, think, I think it was panned so hard that he was like, "Oh, well, yeah, I fucking hate it too." Yeah, I'm, I'm on your side. <laughs> Who made this movie anyway? <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, one thing though is uh, that Scout Taylor Compton is going to return as uh, Laurie Strode. Well, according to Scout Taylor Compton, there's been right. no official confirmation on that. But yeah, according to her Twitter, she said, "No longer, no more secrets. Can't wait to jump back into Laurie Strode mindset." Right. There, but there's been no confirmation from the studio or from anyone other than her. Right. Oh, well, I mean, that's. I think that's probably pretty typical, though. I think studios tend to keep things under wraps until they're ready to talk about it. Yeah, I've just seen a lot of websites being like, "Don't get too excited about her being in it because this could just be her jumping the gun." Yeah. I mean, personally, I wasn't terribly impressed with her. I mean, I thought she did okay in the first one, but in the second one, just the second one was just shit all around. Like her character basically completely changed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, which was kind of par for the course for zombie, I think. But, yeah. I mean, in relation to the original movies, it was nothing like that. If anything, I think Laurie Strode was more scatterbrained and, and panicky um, in Halloween... Uh, God, she wasn't in Halloween 2. Yes, she was. Was she? Halloween 2 was the one where they discovered that she was Michael's sister. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, but my point stands... Uh, as opposed to this Laurie Strode that just turned into some... Whose name is Angel Myers, apparently. Oh, well... Remember in, in H2, they revealed that her name is Angel Myers instead of just making her name Laurie Myers, like in the original. Oh, uh, well, I mean, she was... Uh, I don't know what the point of changing her name was, but that's, you know... It, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but <laughs> everything about H2 was just stupid. Yeah. Um... I, I, I don't think they need to do this personally. I mean, there's no real word on whether this is going to be a continuation of Zombies franchise or if this is going to be a new remake. A Seaquake? <laughs> it could be a Seaquake. It could be a preboot. <laughs> uh, you haven't heard us like just go on and on about all the different kinds of ways you can redo a movie. <laughs> uh, Most of them are bad. I mean, oh, yeah. all the ways you can do it pretty much all fall into one bucket. 
yeah. had the yeah. shit bucket. The shit bucket. Yeah, I mean, like you, you'll you'll see in almost all of our movie or all of our news here, um, a lot of it is about remakes or sequels. So the good news is this is going to be 3D. Oh boy, yeah. hey. that's not a fad that's died. Yeah, it, it died a lot faster than I thought it was going to. Yeah, I mean, thank Christ. Um, I just, I didn't. Why would I want to pay to have a headache? <laughs> I mean, like, I wear glasses, so it's like, if I'm going to go to a 3D movie, I have to know ahead of time that I'm going to 3D movie because I have to put my contact lenses right. in. Yeah. Uh, it's just a pain in the ass. And it's not worth it. Yeah. I saw a handy household tip uh, for 3D movies where guy took a red and blue Sharpie and he. <laughs> just colored his, his glasses. Colored, colored his own glasses, you know. He just washed them when he got home. I thought, okay, that's ingenious. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, that's enough of this. But, you know, talking about sequels <clears throat> that actually came off better, I'm, you know, classics like The Godfather, everybody will tell you the sequel was, you know, was so much better. Mm. Um, that was because the story was insanely better on yeah. Godfather. But relative to what we're talking about here, um, Aliens was such a better movie. Oh, the I, Alien, you know. I, I, I um, definitely agree, and a lot of people would disagree. I, well, the purists, sure. yeah, you know, um, people who like, you know, dark movies with rubber monsters and and shit you can't see because you know it's too obscured by bad lighting. Yeah, yeah there's people who love that stuff. <laughs> I like to be told a story. If it's not going to scare the shit out of me. And I'm 50, almost 54 years old. Not much is going to. Prostate cancer scares the shit out of me now. You know, hemorrhoids <laughs> scare the shit out of me now. Scary monsters, eh, pretty much don't. So I like production values. Yeah. That's very important to me now. Um, and Aliens had it all. Mm-hmm. It had story. It had art. It had acting. Um, it had Michael Bean. And uh, uh, Lance Henriksen. And <laughs> fuck. Uh, Chet. Say it. Say it. Chet. Get a Game over, man. Game over. He's trying to have Henry Bean and Paxton. Hat trick. Paxton. But then um, T2 was uh, oh, yeah. such a better movie. But it couldn't have existed without T1. That's it. Aliens wouldn't have existed without Alien. T2 wouldn't have existed without Terminator. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's not. I'm not trying to imply I'm a big James Cameron fan because you know he did both of those uh, those better versions. You know, but yeah. the thing is, they turned over the concept to a guy who knows who is the movie version, the 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 the, the, the uh, film version of Stephen King. The man knows how to tell a story mm-hmm. and take shit off the table like Avatar. Everybody's entitled to their foibles and fuck you know <laughs> fuck up with, their, with all their God given talents. Um, <clears throat> you know when they, uh, um, you know, given the right, you know, what motivation, right, uh, uh, right um, story basics, knock them out of the park as he, as Cameron did with those two. Yeah, um, and so that's. I think that's kind of where I was just, you know, the message I was sending is like, you let a guy who's a storyteller in his genre, I, you know, talk later about how, how poorly Stephen King uh, stories adapt to movies. But when you're starting with that, 
you know. Yeah. T2 was not a novel. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, Aliens was not a novel. Those were movie-based yeah. characters, movie-based stories, and they, they were turned over to a brilliant storyteller. Mm-hmm. The results were phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, things with uh, with um, adaptations is, is so often it's just a studio trying to cash in on the name. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there's clearly some of that. But, I mean, right now, with the exception of of, of of genre fans like like you guys, your generation by and large doesn't have the regard for Stephen King as an example. Right. Uh, that that mine did. I mean, most of your guys, your friends, your acquaintances don't even know who guys like Dean Koontz even are. He was a, you know he was a competitive writer. His stories are nowhere near the caliber. Sure. Um, um, uh, what's the other guy? I'm thinking of. Uh, uh, John Saul, I think is his name. Not the guy who wrote some pretty creepy stories on, on a pretty consistent basis, but he was never that magnitude of, of Stephen King because Stephen King will take 5,000 fucking pages to tell his story if that's what it takes. Yeah. You know? And if you don't like reading it, talk, he's not writing it for you. He's writing it for him. Mm-hmm. And the result is something that you enjoy simply because here's a guy that was do, who was all about entertaining himself. He was his own best, worst critic. Yeah. And it showed in the work. Um, and adapting that to a movie, I mean, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. How would you, even if you wanted to capitalize on his name or, you know, if, if his, the, the, the creature he, you know, made in his book is on a fucking cereal box or something, you know, you want to capitalize on the popularity. How do you do that when you've got such brilliant detail in writing where. 400 pages are dedicated to what's in the guy's head. Right, <laughs> yeah. How in the world do you do that to a movie? Don't try. I guess that's the message. Don't try. Yeah, I mean, and by by contrast, uh, uh, people like you mentioned, like James Cameron, that are uh, storytellers film-wise. I mean, like James Cameron or um, Wes Craven. You know, James Cameron, like, doing Terminator. Uh, Wes Craven doing Nightmare on Elm Street. Those, like, they those came from their own psyches like mm-hmm. those creatures things they had nightmares about themselves and they just wrote it down um, or it's John Carpenter to bring it full circle back to Halloween uh, <laughs> hey, hey, nice segue I like that you guys, you guys are really good at this <laughs> we're professionals I see that <laughs> okay well uh, let's uh, let's move on to our next story So, uh, I mean, this being the off season, you're bound to hear some more news about the coming season of Walking Dead. Uh, this is going to be some casting news. I believe they may have started filming, or at least are like prepping, because Robert Kirkman posted on his Twitter today a picture of the uh, the train car where where they were trapped at the end of season four, and he was like, "Guess where I am?" No, oh, okay. Bye. Was like terminus. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I knew that. Uh anyway, so uh Which one's Kirkman? Uh Kirkman is the writer of the comic. The what? The he wrote the comic for Walking Dead. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And I think and he's, he's a, a EP, EP on, on yeah. the show, yeah. Um Anyway, so uh Seth Gilliam has been cast uh for the next season of Walking Dead. Um anybody that 
may have seen him before. He was uh, he's he's on Teen Wolf. Um, I know I've mentioned that I've watched that, and I I can't remember his character's name, but he's the vet. He, he's he's uh, Scott's boss, um, and he's also I mean like to compare it to like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, he's kind of like his watcher almost. Anyway, um, and uh, I think his probably his most per- popular role, although I don't watch the show, is on The Wire. Um, I think he's been kind of a long-standing cast member on that show. Um, so uh, as far as his actual role on The Walking Dead, uh, it's being kept pretty well under wraps. We we don't we don't know who he's playing quite yet, um, but. Um, his character is described as friendly with a puckish demeanor who is also who also has a haunted side um i think he's being reported like as far as like maybe like leaks and stuff he's being named michael which is obviously some kind of fake name because there in in the comics there's no michael i mean there's a little boy named mikey um but that's pretty much it um but the Hollywood Reporter um, is making kind of a guess that he is going to play uh, Gabriel Stokes, who in the comics, uh, he is actually a, a preacher that kind of crosses paths, paths with Rick. Um, and uh, that's that's just before they find it's the, the comic equivalent of Terminus, basically. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much all we know so the, at this the point. timeline would match up so it seems like a, a pretty good guess yeah uh presumably the the gang would have to escape from terminus i would think unless well, i have a pretty good indication that that will happen otherwise the show would be over the six more seasons of them as zombies <laughs> <laughs> just hour like hour long episode of just watching them shamble around. Um, At least then people couldn't bitch that there wasn't enough zombie action. <laughs> yeah, uh, George Romero can't say it's just a soap opera with some zombies. George, just stop. Yeah, prick. <laughs> um, but no, what I'm saying is like they'd have to escape from Terminus before they could run into this character. I would think. Unless he managed to find his way to Terminus too, true. Unless but. they kind of rewrite it, right? Where you know they encounter him after. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, I think this this past season of Walking Dead was kind of pe- people kind of considered it probably the best season since season one. <clears throat> so it'd be nice to see them continue that trend. And I've seen quotes from Kirkman and from. Uh, Norman Reedus saying that season five is just going to be fucking off the wall, just insane. I hope so. That'd be that'd be uh, that'd be good. <laughs> um, Unless they're just like it's so bad, it's fucking insane. <laughs> fuck, nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> the entire season takes place in the train car. Yeah, we're stuck <laughs> in a train car for four episodes. Yeah, which I mean seems kind of typical for that show. <laughs> They tend to stretch to things Glenn. out. <laughs> I was hoping they'd eat Carl. Um, We're all hoping. It's like for, you know, like what, four seasons now? Was, yeah. How can, uh, I don't know why they don't eat Carl. Dude, he, we like to use the hashtag fucking Carl on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> he's a piece of shit. I mean, he's dead in the comics, as far as I know. 
Spoilers? Uh, fuck. Who gives a shit? Everybody's <laughs> hoping he'll die. Um, Plus, the show has not followed the comics word for word anyways. No, no, not by any means. Um, I mean, like last episode, Kevin told us that Herschel, you know, made it out of the prison. Yeah. Which obviously didn't happen in the show. So. Right, right. And there is no um, Daryl <laughs> in the comics. Yeah. He made it about 7,500 feet out of the prison. <laughs> Maybe that's what they're talking about. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, casting, you know, well-known people like Seth Gilliam. Um, Catherine Heigl. Catherine Heigl. Um, yeah? Yeah. Is that uh, official or is that still a rumor? Uh, I mean, we haven't gotten any new news about it since we talked uh, talked about it last episode. So, um, But, yeah, she's... Looks like she's in talks to be some kind of uh, major role. Um, I think that she's going to be like, what was the like the leader of Terminus or something? The big bad, yeah. Right, yeah. I don't know what exactly that means, but it yeah. bears the question: Will there be any topless scenes? <laughs> One can only hope, you know. I don't think AMC is premium, so I'm gonna guess not. Well, the question is: Do they want ratings or not? <laughs> Something that could it would speed the show up. I mean, it would. <laughs> I, I gotta get up for a sec. Continue. Maybe on the uh, maybe on the DVD there'll be a, some behind the scenes <laughs> behind the scene titty shots <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes from Catherine Heigl's dressing room. <laughs> Look, Norman Reedus is playing zombie on Catherine Heigl. <laughs> oh, Norman. <laughs> That's our Norman. <laughs> He's got a mouthful of something. I can't tell what it is. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll uh, give you more news about Season 5 as, as we hear it. Yep. I've got you under my skin. I've got you deep in the heart of me. This is a nice segue here. Um, speaking of titties speaking of titties uh there's the movie under the skin which is i believe in theaters now i believe so yeah um it's been given a dvd blu-ray release of july 15th uh it's about a seductive alien who abducts men and they are never seen again is that the scarlett johansson scarlett johansson buck ass naked full frontal i uh I'll check that out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, she comes off in film the way she does in real life. What do you mean? Oh, I didn't tell you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I've, um, I've got the picture in my head, and if it's anything but the picture in my head, then it'll be a disappointment. So... Have you seen... Oh, the, like... Uh, Scarlett Johansson, I mean... Have you seen the leaked, uh, like, her selfies that she took? The cell phone things? Yeah. Um, well, I saw something that was supposed to be that. <clears throat> I mean, it it was pretty bad, though. It could have been Ornish Borgnine, for all I could tell. You know. <laughs> yeah. They really weren't very clear. Um, speaking of Full Frontal, um, <laughs> let's talk about Full Frontal, shall we? Uh, no, is it you or Andy that's got a boner for uh, um, Rosario Dawson? One of you guys did. I think I she's pretty fine. You Okay, it's you. I never thought so, but I knew it was one of you guys. Um, there's a movie that's it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's called Trance. Yeah. Okay, so this is old news to you guys. Yeah. Okay. Please. <laughs> I was just... I went, huh? <laughs> Whoa, that's a rewind. Yeah. <laughs> 2008. 
twice. <laughs> twice. Count them twice. Uh, I mean, yeah, I haven't actually seen it, but you know, I, I saw the important part. <laughs> Very clear. Yeah, as far yeah. as under the yeah. skin goes, we're going to have to uh, get somebody to give us the the numbers of, you know, at one hour and 15 minutes through. Yeah, maybe we should uh, strike up a sponsorship with uh, Mr. Skin. Mr. Skin. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, guys. Uh, uh, from from the trailer, like, this doesn't really look like something I would be interested in other than the important parts. Yeah, and especially the fact that she looks like she's, like, some trashy hooker in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just her hair is butched. I mean, it's, it's like, black. It's real short. Um, she wears this nasty fur coat and... <laughs> She looked like a trashy hooker from the 70s and Don John, too, and she actually looked pretty good. <laughs> Fair enough. She was a pretty good nasty Jersey girl, I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you've seen them up close, haven't you? Jersey girls? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we uh, we see Idaho girls. Huh? <laughs> it's not the same. Not the same. <laughs> So, um, we talked a few times about uh, CW doing a new spinoff of Supernatural, Supernatural Bloodlines. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've got another Supernatural fan, Supernatural fan here with me. Um, First, it was Tribes. Yeah, it was Tribes, and then it was Bloodlines. Um, but um, was it was it this past episode, the one before? Um, Two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah they uh, they did their backdoor pilot of the Bloodlines. Storyline, and it was fucking awful. I feel like I, feel like I got backdoored when I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, sure, Supernatural's been on for nine seasons. Nine, nine seasons, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think, admittedly, it's lost a little bit of its pep. Like, it doesn't have quite that magic it did in, like, the first, like, three, maybe four seasons. But it's still, it still brings me back every week. Um, I mean, the Winchester brothers, are, they're still interesting characters. Um, but this episode, it they were in it for what? A total, I, I think maybe total screen time was like maybe 10 minutes. Just so you knew it was a supernatural episode. Yeah. And not some other, some other yeah. screwball thing. But uh, for all you other supernatural fans out there that were equally disappointed, CW has passed <laughs> on supernatural bloodlines. <laughs> Oh, they tanked it? Yep. Yeah, apparently yeah, Entertainment should. Weekly took a poll and said only a third of the viewers thought it was worth continuing. Yeah. Um, what, what, I don't watch a lot of CW shows because I'm... I'm an adult. An adult. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a big boy. I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> <I'm> a, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Supernatural does something that is a winning, uh, to me, is a winning uh, a formula. It's the same thing X-Files did for nine years. And that is they have a an ongoing mythology that goes <clears throat> through the core of the show every, I mean, virtually, well, almost every episode for every season. But they don't stay with it every single episode. They yeah. deviate and they get off on some goofy tangent. Sometimes it plays for comedy. Yeah. And, they, you know, they pull it off pretty well. There's some pretty, you know, goofy episodes that are, make you laugh. Yeah. And some are, 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 are you know, fairly intense. Um. 
they didn't get too carried away with uh, some of the love interests and things like that, like they could have, being CW. They could have just really fucked it up and <clears throat> gotten carried away with those. They didn't. Yeah, I mean, those in particular, I mean, like, there have been some that lasted one episode. <laughs> yeah, and that's, again, X-Files had had, a, had that formula down. It was science where the, the, the ongoing colonization of Earth was there for nine years. Mm-hmm. And um, they never, they, they just sort of whet your appetite, they'd kind of keep you interested touch on it a little bit but they did the same thing they went off on you know these episode by episode tangents you never really knew yeah they're gonna be chasing some you know some nut who thought he was a vampire or chasing you know some real real werewolf you know Mm -hmm. but the colonization never was out of scope right and i thought that was i thought that was brilliant i mean they they could as far as i'm concerned they could have kept that going for five more years and i would have never gotten tired of it and supernatural is kind of the same way they've um They've got this ongoing battle, and they've kept it fresh, but still allowed themselves to kind of go off and have fun on you know that those occasional episodes. Yeah, and it's, good it, it's been refreshing because you know for the first handful, you know, like I said, like maybe three, four seasons, they were chasing ghosts and demons and werewolves and things of that nature. You know, just monsters, um, and then they brought in the whole aspect of. Uh, angels and heaven and hell um and that was kind of an interesting turn but then they did tend to get a little too fixated on that and they kind of lost sight of i think of the original formula that made the show work but since then and i think maybe it was part in doing part two uh you know fans uh saying something about it um they've kind of especially this season they've continued this kind of this battle for heaven essentially uh, you know, involving the angels and demons in particular, but like you said, they've also got these side journeys, basically, where they well, they'll go back and they'll they'll chase these monsters, um, you know, vampires or. Well, I mean, they over the years they put down yellow eyes, they put down <clears throat> Meg, or I mean, she came back, but I mean, they put her down, they put down Ruby. Mm-hmm. You know, they continue to win after weeks, sometimes a couple of seasons worth of battles with these primary nemeses mm-hmm. um, and when you do that you know, you know you got two choices you win the show or you come up with something new yeah. I thought the Angels was a pretty brilliant <clears throat> concept I didn't like Cass when he first came on I thought he was kind of an irritant mm-hmm. now I think he's you know he's actually kind of cool they can make a sitcom with Cass <laughs> the Cass show yeah I, I, I like Castiel he's probably I think next to Dean he's probably my favorite character um, but yeah it's it's it, like like you said, they've they've definitely managed to keep it fresh without straying too far from mm-hmm. what made it successful in the first place. Did, did you catch last week's? Yeah, they killed Abaddon. Yeah, yeah, that's a shock me that they they put her down so fast or yeah. so soon. Yeah, I, I would have thought they'd, she'd at least last the end of the season. I thought she'd take over at least for a while yeah. and put uh, Shepherd Shepherd. Um, the hell's this guy Shepherd plays? Uh, uh, <laughs> Oh my god! Damn it! What's his name? <laughs> um, Crowley. Crowley. Yeah, I thought you know he'd be on the bricks. Yeah, for a while, um, but uh, didn't quite go that way. So I mean, that, and that's fine, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, and I think those guys both said they'll play another. They'll play a tenth season. Uh, yeah, I, I I could be wrong on this, but I think CW has already renewed it for the next season. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but so. They, they, have, they have left open the possibility of another spinoff in the future. Right, which I 
am skeptical of still. Uh, Understandably so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think the show needs a spinoff. I don't think you can make an interesting spinoff of it. Just, yeah. Uh, well, if they if they succeed in their quest, if they succeed in their ultimate goal, then all is peace with the world. Everything's you know there is no more evil and there's no more anything. I mean, you can't. You've got to have evil in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a result, they can never completely succeed. Otherwise, their whole. I mean, there's no point in having the show. Yeah. They've got to constantly be battling some somebody and something major, some major representation of evil. So until the ratings just tank, and I think that's probably what will happen. I don't think they'll wrap the show. I would, I would have a hard time thinking of a way they could wrap the show without having some crazy unrealistic ending to it. Yeah. I just, don't, I just don't see it happening. I think it will just probably not come back one season, you know. Yeah. Which would be unfortunate because then it'll just be one of those shows that doesn't have an ending. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I could be wrong on that, but I just that's one of those shows. I mean, the way X Files, as an example, wrapped they wrapped up the TV series, leaving it wide open for movies, mm-hmm. um, both of which were kind of terrible. But they didn't have to be terrible; they could have been good, and it could have been you know they could have continued on with uh, <clears throat> with the mythology part of it. Yeah. And that's probably what Supernatural will do once uh, the actors get better agents and better movie contracts. Right. <laughs> um, CW. One, one thing I just want to say, without deviating or taking up too much of the time here, one of the best uh, spin-off, not spin-off, um, deviation episodes that where they went off in the mythology, I thought it was brilliant, is when they were... Uh, um, Sent into that ulterior universe where they are their, their, they are themselves. Yeah. Did you see that one? I don't watch the show. What the fuck you got him for? <laughs> Doesn't even watch the stuff he's talking about. <laughs> I mainly the one that like every time oh. supernatural story pops up, I'm the one that puts it. Oh, I thought we had the trifecta going yeah. there. Okay. Anyway, that was that was I thought brilliant. Oh yeah, that was really good. I, you probably didn't even have to script that. You probably just wrote down the concept and let those guys just carry it off. You know. Or, yeah, I love yeah. I love the principle that uh, Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki like don't like each other. In their yeah, life. They, 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 each other are assholes. The the, the, the crew is just surprised that they're talking to each other. <laughs> and then the revelation of where are we going anyway? Where, where are we shooting this thing anyway? Not Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Big sign. Welcome to Canada. <laughs> um, that was good. So, I mean, don't get too excited about CW making good decisions because they've also picked or they've, they've passed on Supernatural Bloodlines, but they picked up iZombie, which, as you know, is a zombie-related crime procedural. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have to even explain that to you. If we'd be no, disappointed. I pretty much know where that one's going. Uh, I mean, you know, Taylor and I were talking about it uh, a few days ago, and... Uh, Saying that you know you couldn't believe they picked up on him, like oh I could totally believe it because it's it's a they basically it's a comic book adaptation. There's a, a zombie who works in a mortician's office and she eats brains, and uh, she eats the brains of murder victims, and then she knows who the killer is because she ate the brains. This this is a comic. 
Um, and was it written by like a fourteen-year-old with Down syndrome? Or? I was going to say a drunk monkey, but <laughs> like a Seth MacFarlane in this. Or <laughs> but um, so they, yeah, I said I could totally believe it because they already paid for the licensing and the property, so they're going to at least make their money back <laughs> uh, before they before they can it, um, unless it just absolutely tanks in which case they'll probably still run like 10 episodes but uh they also picked up the messengers which i don't think we've talked about before have we no yeah um the theme of that is when a mysterious object crashes down to earth a group of seemingly unconnected strangers die from the energy pulse but then awaken to learn that they must prevent the apocalypse so that sounds terrible yep (laughs) it sounds like any any random space related show or anything that's on like, like the TNT fact that they die and come back like is that going to be a major plot point at all or is it just going to be like like everything else where the whole world is is predicated the saving of the whole entire world human human race is predicated on these dynamic 22 23 year olds of yeah. course <laughs> they're all they to solve all the fucking problems they're all gorgeous yeah, they're, yeah, all they're all really perfect. attractive yeah exactly yeah okay so silly ass formula it's okay. cw so of course that's I just, what it is i can't even watch those commercials for what's that the hundred show or whatever oh that looks fucking stupid yeah. which it got picked up for another season by the way all right i think i think, I think they ordered another season at least, yeah, they're, they're just they're, they're yeah perfectly gorgeous. They don't have fucked up crooked teeth, and they don't have staph infections, and you know, yeah. herpes from screwing the you know fauna that's running around the, the yeah. forest and stuff. It's like no, they're all perfect. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Arrow, and I mean that it's actually like among comic fans, it's it's really popular. Um, but the character Oliver Queen, played by uh, Stephen Amell. Um, he he gets. I mean, he gets beat up weekly by one thing or another. Uh, sometimes people that are, have like superhuman strength, and you know, he gets broken bones and bruises and scratches and stuff. And more often than not, the following week, he's all you know, patched up. He's, he's beautiful again. <laughs> he's got this perpetual five o'clock shadow like house. Um, he just he always, he always looks rugged but attractive, you know. <laughs> Nobody my age, <clears throat> you know, we're the it's my generation that has the money. We make the decisions whether you guys like it or not. But not in CW shows. <laughs> the fate of the entire free world, and actually the end free world, is predicated on these yeah twenty somethings. Yeah, know how everything works. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, I mean, this is upfront season. So I mean, we're going to be hearing all kinds of things about shows being canceled and picked up and. Is there anything good coming out? Uh, well, that... Talk about nothing but crap coming out. Is there anything good coming out? That could potentially lead us into our next story here. Segway. Yeah, see, see, how that, see how that works? Yeah. Guys with five o'clock shadows and rugged good looks. Uh, NBC has ordered a full season of Constantine, which we've talked about a handful of times. Yeah. Uh, Matt Ryan will be playing John Constantine. Uh, Harold Perrineau Jr., Lucy Griffiths, and Charles Halford will all co-star. And it's being produced by Daniel Cerrone and David S. Goyer. Yeah, who, I mean, 
Goyer, we know him from you know all the the uh, Chris Nolan Batman movies and uh, Man of Steel. Uh, he's been involved with all of those, basically all those uh, recent DC movies uh, in one, in one form or another. So um, the fact that he's EPing on it is, uh, you know, uh, positive. Thank you, Matt Ryan. Did the Atlanta Falcons finally cut him? <laughs> No, it's uh, some. Um, he's Welsh, so I think so. Yeah, of course he is. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Constantine, he's English. Keanu Reeves is not English. Exactly. <laughs> Con- the Constantine from the Hellblazer comics is English, blonde, uh-huh. and uh, gay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's just throw that in there. <laughs> but uh, basically, nothing like. Keanu Reeves, so why they cast him to begin with was fucking confusing. But, um, no, I mean, the the creator of the Hellblazer comic actually designed uh, John Constantine to look like Billy Idol. I mean, he basically was Billy Idol. Just a demon hunter. <laughs> wow, what a bad choice. They, well, I mean, they already did it on Buffy. With Spike? Yeah, I mean, British <laughs> Billy, yeah, Billy Idol. Yeah. Uh, was, that, was that an accident? Or was that... Coincidence or? Uh, well, Hellblazer goes back to like the 80s. So was Buffy. No, I guess it was 90s. Yeah. And Spike wasn't in the movie. Mm. Anyway. Uh, so this, this is Peter could... Peter Stormare going to be in it? What? Is Peter Stormare going to be in it? Hope, 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 hope. I don't know who that is. You Not know. by name anyway. <coughs> you know so, who he is. He was the... Um, so uh, things that are done on Russian space day. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. The he nihilist. Was, yeah. Well, he was Gabriel, or not Gabriel, um, Satan, in uh, the movie Constantine. Right, yeah. No, I mean, this this one's definitely going to be more um, more based around the uh, comics, yeah, uh, rather than just kind of freewheeling it. That's important to you guys, isn't it? Being consistent with the... With a comic book. S- what? Being consistent with a comic book. Well, yeah, you got to stay true to the source material. I, I mean, would say I, no I, if not, the I'm movie not, wasn't such shit. <laughs> Yeah, like no, if the movie was point. good, then I'd be like, oh, no, it should be based on the movie. But since the movie was utter shit, then I would say, yeah, based it on the comic book. <laughs> okay. I don't read comic books, so I, don't, I mean, I don't know how right. sophisticated they've got. No, I'm serious. I mean, we're talking earlier about novels being poorly adapted to movies. I'm just sure. Saying. Comic books doesn't seem like it's that much of a reach. Well, no, I mean, I can understand taking liberties um, just to make it more, uh, you know, either contemporary or... Um, just to make it flow better, or, you know, live in a, in a real world better. I mean, like things like, um, you know, like the Marvel movies. They, it's based in a lot of fantasy, but they took those fantasy stories and made them more realistic. And so things like that, that's fine. I mean, things have you know, sacrifices have to be made, changes um, need to be made just to make it work. But when you have to steer so far away from the source material to where it's you just don't understand why you did it in the first place. And well, you can't just appeal to uh, a bandwidth of, of viewers um, between you know eighteen and twenty six. If you're trying to appeal to everybody to get them to come and see the movie, well, then come up with an original fucking idea. Then <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Terminator. That's, well, Alien. Those were original ideas. You know, Adam Green, the guy that did the Hatchet movies. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, perfect. Um, uh, he like he does a podcast with uh, his buddy um, uh, Joe Lynch. Joe Lynch. <laughs> um, 
he did wrong turn too. Uh, that's kind of his most. Does he use a salad bowl for his microphone? I don't know. Never, never been to their studio. Okay. Just wondering. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, he talked about being hired by, uh, or he he'd written a story and tried to sell it to a studio, and the studio picked up on it and wanted to slap the Rosemary's name, Rosemary's baby name on it. And he says, "There's not even a baby in this story." He's like. And basically, all they were focused on was numbers. And because they own the title, they own the property, they could slap that name on it, sell it as Rosemary's Baby if they wanted to, and people would come to pay see it or pay to come see it because it had Rosemary's name, baby name on it. So I mean, just shit like that goes on all the time. And it's, yeah, I'll give you that. You just like come up with an original fucking story, give it an original title, and you know maybe you'll see more ticket sales. I'm kind of disappointed that they're calling this Constantine and not Hellblazer if they're going to be basing it more on the comic. Because it feels like they're using Constantine to get the people who watch, who liked the movie to watch it. Or the people who didn't like the movie. Well, you would think people who didn't like the movie would be like, oh, fucking, this is based on that movie. Fuck this. Well, I'll give it a chance, but I hated that movie. Well, yeah, but you're familiar with Hellblazer. Sure. I'm saying people who like like the movie and aren't familiar with Hellblazer will probably tune in because it's called Constantine. Yeah. Is this coming up in September? Uh, yeah, or, or this next season. This next season, yeah. okay. That's why I the <clears throat> the um, one of the uh, premium channels. I don't know if it's HBO or Showtime is running Constantine the movie. Oh, really? Back to back. To back <laughs> right? It's like, why would you dig out that fucking thing out of all these? You know, after all these years, yeah, be running it. It's like, what is it, Keanu Reeves' birthday or something? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I was wondering why they were digging it out and running it so often. No, that makes sense. Yeah. But anyway, so um, I guess, you know, it'll be a long summer. I'm sure that we'll hear more new things about this before fall rolls around. So uh, we'll keep you posted on it. So up next, we have some remake news. More remake news! Yay! Uh, and an, an interesting one. Apparently, they're remaking Maniac Cop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm really with you. Yeah, I did the same thing. <laughs> uh, it's being uh, sold by Wild Bunch, which is a sales and production powerhouse, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. uh, based out of Paris. It's being written by Ed Brubaker, who I guess wrote uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's that's intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, can, can go on. Yeah. It seems weird that you would be like, I just wrote what's arguably the best superhero ever made. Yeah, I was just going to say that. My next mission: remake Maniac Cop. Yeah. <laughs> Natural progression. Yeah. Uh, the production is being spearheaded by a Danish filmmaker by the name of Nicholas Winding Refn. Or mm-hmm. something. Oh, him. Um, he I feel like there's a missing vowel there. Yeah, it's R E F N. Refn. And is winding? Like, is that really part of his name? Or is it like Windig? Or Who believed Wind? Schwarzenegger when he saw that name for the first time? Yes, it's <laughs> Fair <point>. enough. <laughs> uh, he's producing like alongside William me. Lustig, who is the director of the original Maniac Cop. And then, of course, Wild Bunch. Mm-hmm. And the director is set to be announced at Con. Con! Yes. Thank you for backing away from the microphone this time, because that was loud as fuck last episode. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and it made my mic pop. 
<laughs> so this is interesting. That's got potential. But then they'll probably cast somebody like James Woods or something. And then, uh, some, <laughs> sure. Something ridiculous and <laughs> fuck it all up. Well, I mean, they cast that fucking weirdo with that giant fake-looking chin. Yeah, no, that guy's fucking freaky. Yeah, but where are they going to find another guy like that? Bruce. <laughs> Bruce. <laughs> Ironically enough, Bruce was in the original. That's true. He was? Yeah, he, he played uh, Jack, was that his name? The cop? The not Tom Atkins. <laughs> not Tom Atkins. The not cop. maniac. Is that, is that cop? A character? The not Tom Atkins. Cop? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's how he's credited. Credits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I was never really a big fan of the original Maniac yeah. Cop, but mm-hmm. yeah, but the, yeah, the fact that Brubaker's writing it is just intriguing. Got, yeah, it's got me interested. <laughs> I mean, because like you said, people are saying that. Winter Soldier is like the best Marvel movie to date. Yeah, I really? mean there are people. What grown? Yeah. yeah, I mean I have, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard that from a lot of people. Yeah, I mean I've I've also heard almost the exact opposite that it's it's, it's garbage. Really, but I've heard a lot more people saying that it's like the best Marvel movie made, uh, which is weird because the original Captain America was kind of meh. Yeah. Um, I mean, they needed, they really needed the Avengers to make that character interesting. Yeah, agreed. Um, but, yeah, so this... Maybe Scarlett Johansson does a full frontal in Captain America. <laughs> That'd be nice. I'd go. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're trying to bang out... Um, Scarlett Johansson? Ev- <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are doing that. Who is it? <laughs> well, no, I sh- they're, they're trying to get Avengers 2 done. Like, well, at least her scene's done quickly because she's pregnant. Yeah. Don't look at me. <laughs> that ain't mine. Say it. Um, but uh, yeah, so this this could be good. I mean, I've never heard of Wild Bunch. I, I looked into them a little bit. They've done, I think it was one or two movies that I, I recognized. But they're a powerhouse, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Just read. <laughs> Coming straight so, out of Paris. Says so right here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, didn't, I didn't think anything out of Paris was a powerhouse. Huh? I didn't think anything out of Paris was powerhouse. Yeah, since the French are such cowards. Let's not get political, fellas. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm wondering who uh, who you're going to get to direct this, if it's going to be some some Frenchie or if they'll actually get a name. I don't know. I mean, I, I see this being like Maniac, the remake. Elijah Wood. Yeah. Is that any good? He liked, I liked it. it. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't huge on it. I mean, I didn't hate it. Just, I've just got, just got that sitting in my queue, and I just haven't gotten around to watching it, because Joe Spinell, the guy that played the original Maniac, that guy's fucked up. Yeah. He's just mean looking and just retarded looking, and he's just got everything going for him to be a maniac. Yeah. I mean, it, but it Frodo is or Bilbo Baggins, <laughs> whatever the fuck it was, is a maniac? Come on. Well, I mean, his, uh, his, his production company made it so of course yeah um <laughs> what else would you guess <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bag is a maniac definitely a different spin on the character yeah. um same net result i guess but um I just haven't gotten to it yet it, 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 it looked intriguing simply because that <laughs> bizarre casting yeah um yeah what episode did we review that in i want to say seven but i don't know if that's right seven was you're next, and that's not it. Did you guys like your next? Yes, he did. I'm not big on the home invasion movies. I mean, he he really I mean, likes home them. Inv- How many are there? <laughs> you say that like there's a 
Well, I mean, uh, sub community of them. I mean, it just the, the home invasion uh, theme. I mean, things like. Uh, um, funny games. The Purge. Funny games. The Purge Plus, 2 looks like it's pretty good. Seriously? Yeah. Were you drinking when you saw that? <laughs> like, I haven't seen it. I'm just saying it looks... No, I'm like, saying when you saw the previews? It's just, the Purge the, the, 1 looked ridiculous. The, it does. I, haven't, I still haven't seen the first one. It looks, oh. it looks terrible, but the, the second one looks like it actually might be pretty good. Hmm. As long as I have Ethan Hawke in it. I don't think it does. <laughs> now, I will say this. Uh, did you ever see Sinister? I'm not sure how about tangent you guys go off here. You edit this stuff all out or what, but... Did you ever see Sinister? Yeah. Did you like it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> I thought that was legitimately creepy. It, it, it was scary movie. It was creepy. It just it's not something I'd go back to, I guess. I I guess I kind of judge movies on uh, whether or not I'd rewatch them and I just I don't think I'd watch that again. <clears throat> well it was a it was a it was a banging uh, uh double feature because it was when I wasn't working and I would time movies at the multiplex. <laughs> right. <laughs> to catch two. So I saw that. For the one. price of one. For the price of one. <laughs> um, it's an old trick, but still effective. Right. <laughs> um, I saw that and then pretended to go to the bathroom and went in and saw Insidious 2. <laughs> <laughs> and they were both pretty good. You see? Did you see the Insidii? <laughs> no, I haven't seen that one yet. There, well, James Wayne did the first one. Um, one. One. It's Wayne. He said it was Wayne. It's it's really strange that he can't see our lineup. Yeah, because our next news article, Insidious Three has a director. You've got you've gotten really good segues without even knowing it. No shit, really. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think how they're going to do a three because two was pretty tidy when they wrapped it up. Oh um, yeah, like I said, I haven't seen it yet, but um, the, but the, but the double feature. I mean, I mean, Sinister was creepy. I, that's kind of got off on a tangent. Right. Insidious Two was actually a very good sequel. I've, I've I, ha- uh, I had another friend. Juan didn't do the second one. I don't think he did the first one and actually did pretty well. No, it? he did both of them. He did both. Okay, yeah, that's probably why they were good. He's he's I actually like his stuff. Yeah, he's, um, he he does fair you know fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean like Insidious, the first Insidious. Uh, I know you didn't like it. I did not know. Yeah, um, I I guess I could have taken it or le- left it. Did uh, you see the second one? I didn't. Second one wraps up and answers some of the questions you didn't know you had in the first one. So the so first one I liked like the first part of it. The second part of it reminded me of Little Monsters. <laughs> Fred Savage <laughs> Fred Savage and Howie Mandel Oh my god Talk about stuff Nightmares are made <laughs> Anyway So Insidious 3 um, I mean this If you didn't know About Insidious 3 uh, Here you, you go You listen to Last episode Yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we've got A director now um, You will recognize The name uh, Lee one L uh, he has been brought on to direct as well as write the movie. Um, you would know him from that he co-created the Saw franchise with James Wan, um, who, as we mentioned, directed the first two. Um, he also plays Specs. He in does the Insidious movies. He does play Specs, and he, that character, as we mentioned, will be back 
in Insidious 3. Well, obviously, because as- Lee Wan is writing it. He's not going to write himself out. You don't know. Sure he I gets see. two paychecks this way. I suck. I need to kill the guy. <laughs> uh, and that also brings back uh, Lynn Shea's character. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so he, like I said, he... Um, How old is she? She looks exactly the same as she did in Kingpin. (laughs) (laughs) She's got to be in her 60s, maybe pushing 70. Um, Anyway, so yeah, he co-created Saw with with James Wan, who directed the first two movies. Um, But uh, Lee Wanell, he also, he wrote and starred in both of the um, first two Insidious movies. So he's had a hand in all all three now. Um, So it'll be interesting to see his uh, directorial vision of it, I guess, especially because you know he and Juan are so in sync with each other. I I can't imagine it'll be that different, but you know every director's got his spin on things. Is it Castman? Is he in the same cast? Hmm? Same cast? Was it Wilson and uh, um, Burn? You know, I don't know that. As, as far as I understand, the, this one centers more on the Ghost Hunters. Oh, okay. 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 So I guess Rose Byrne doing a full frontal is probably not on there. <laughs> probably not. Not in the script. Okay. <laughs> you never know. Gotta ask. Don't, don't gotta count ask. It up. You know. Yeah. Someone's got to bring this up. <laughs> Somebody's got to ask the hard questions. That's why we brought you on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, uh, that'll be fun. Um, Maybe did, or not. Well, he 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 wrote the first Saw movie. He, he was also in it. He was also in it. Um, he didn't. Directed though James Wan directed it right yeah yeah okay so uh, has he directed anything do you do you know off the top of your head I don't know off the top of my head I'm on it Taylor's on it I ain't the director this Miley Cyrus director one credit Insidious Chapter Three ah okay well this will be his directorial debut. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what his vision looks like, um, and we will keep you posted on any new developments. Is there a release date on it projected? Not yet. No. There's an evil virus that's threatening mankind. Not state of the art, a serious state of. So you've you've seen VHS, right? Yeah. Have you I, seen both of them? Yep. Are they any good? I haven't seen either one. They're good. They're, right. They're like, it's a, like an anthology, right? Yeah. It's, There's different segments? Yeah. Uh, it's got a wraparound story. Um, both both of the wraparound stories are related. Um, two two <clears throat> doesn't have anything to do with one. Two doesn't have anything to do with the first one. I'm pretty sure the wraparound story has something to do with the same character from the first that was watching the tapes in the first one. Are you sure? I think it's been a while since I've seen it. I've seen it. So the first one, that guy in the chair freaked me the fuck out. Who was not there suddenly when the guy oh, was changing tapes? Yeah, they don't quite explain that. He's just not there. <laughs> <coughs> um, Weird stories. These are like yeah, it's kind of an anthology. Uh, the first one, I, funny. I remember the first one. Better than I did the second one, even though I just saw the second one like a month ago. I've heard you know, the second is better. Would you guys? Agree? I I do remember the second being better, particularly because of the, that one segment. I can't remember what it's called. The one that takes place in like the Philippines or something like that. Yeah. 
um, takes place at like a cult compound. Oh. Um, it's pretty interesting. That yeah, that was that was pretty intense. Yeah, that was I good. Mean, I, I think yeah, I forgot about a lot that. of people that have. Good. I mean, that kind of hands down, people say that's the best segment of of the movie. Um, but I mean, I've expressed my discontent with um, found footage movies, and it's just it, it really it pulls me out of it. Yeah. I, I don't. I think I could be more involved had it not been found footage. But then again, it wouldn't have been the same movie. And the thing is, like, especially in VHS two, so many of the movies are very clearly digital. I mean, so it's not. I mean, they're watching it on VHS, but it's not VHS film. So I, mm. I, don't, I don't know. Well, I hate the purists. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a third uh, and final VHS film. It's going to be called VHS Viral. It's going to focus on fame obsessed teens who unwittingly become stars of the next internet sensation. Uh, it's going to star Justin Wellborn and Emmy Argo. Do you know who either of those people are? Nope. All right, so that's a good start. <laughs> uh, featuring segments directed by Marcel Sarmiento, who directed Dead Girl, which was a good movie. It was good. Um, and the segment D is for Dogfight from ABCs of Death. Uh, Have you seen that? No. Have you? Yeah. I... I I remember you bitching about it. Though. It was fucking stupid. <laughs> it's like I'm expecting this horror movie, and like almost nothing, nothing in it has anything to do with horror. Like there's just, I mean, it, it, it's it's each segment. Shit, I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's this, um, like there's this one segment. It's f- just fucking a uh, fucking disaster. It's um, oh god, I can't remember if it's Asian or or um, like. Like Hispanic or you know Latino or whatever, um, one of the two. It's not American English or anything like that. But <clears throat> basically, the segment is: there's these two guys. They are strapped down to a chair, naked, um, and they are bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are put in front of these scenes. Or like you know these live people in front of them just doing these really gross fucked up things, and they have to jack off to it. Oh yeah, this is this is what you told me about. Yeah, and whoever nuts first wins and doesn't get a metal spike up his asshole through his mouth. Okay, this is like a bachelor party. Go <laughs> on. Uh, anyway, so just these it's like a saw porno. Almost. I mean, these these scenes that they're or not. I'm, I keep saying scenes, but it's like actual people doing these things. Like, there's this girl with this. She's an amputee. She pulls off her fake leg and then fucks herself with it. And then there's a dude again. <laughs> well, uh, if you tell me this is from a bachelor party, I'm gonna be very worried. It's um, gonna be. For your bachelor party, yeah, you're talking, you're talking. <laughs> I'm taking notes of everything exactly. you're saying. Man. <laughs> well, you should. One of the next, one of the, uh, I think it's one of the final scenes. Um, that brings out this little boy and this big, just bear of a man who, you know, off screen obviously fucks this little boy. So, and they have to jack off to it. <laughs> well, that wasn't my bachelor party. <laughs> That will not be at your bachelor party, I can tell you. Thank Christ. The boy will be 18. <laughs> anyway, ABC's of death is just fucking weird. There's this other one. we don't live down in Arkansas. 
There's this other one. It's it's uh, Japanese, I think. Uh, it's these two girls farting on each other. I mean, that should come to no shock to anyone, knowing that it's Japanese. But it's just that kind of shit. It's like, what the fuck am I watching? And I got my fiance here. They're sitting sitting there watching it with me, and she's just like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> um. Anyway. Anyways. We were talking about VHS. Right. Sorry, I got off on a pretty extreme tangent here. <laughs> really, he's uh, angry, be another he's an angry young man, isn't he? Directed by Nacho Vigalondo. Nacho! Sounds, sounds like something from Taco Bell. <laughs> uh, who directed Time Crimes and Extraterrestrial. I assume that doesn't mean E.T. I guess uh, I, that was Spielberg. Right. <laughs> uh, Greg Bishop, who did The Other Side and Dance of the Dead. Which Dance of the Dead do you know? Um, I'm going to guess probably the one that we watched. We, we watched that together, didn't we? The one with the high school. Right? Yeah. Uh, not the one with Robert England. Mm, no, good question. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Uh, Todd Lincoln, who directed The Apparition. Don't know what that is. Nope. Actually, that's pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of a ghost story, but it's... um. I would assume so from the name. <clears throat> Ashley Green's in it, so... Um, Ashley Green? Mm-hmm. So that's some, a plus. Yeah, there's some, some eye candy there, but... Um, Full frontal? <laughs> We gotta ask, right? I thought that's like the new thing. Someone was full frontal, either her or the dude. I can't remember which. <laughs> you can't remember which. I can't remember. It's all a blur. Was, it was either tits or a dog. I, I was pretty high. I couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually was a was a fair uh, ghost story. All right, and then um, there's the last one is Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who I guess are like a team. They directed Resolution and Spring. Don't know either of those either. No, but so. Sounds like you're not excited about this. No. Um, like I said, I haven't seen either of the other two, so I don't really have any any interest in this either. Yeah. Uh, so I, don't I, sit there, I don't know about you guys. I sit there and placate myself that I catch eh, 60, 70% of all the horror movies that come through because I'll sit there and watch them all no matter how shitty they are. Yeah. And it's like, you're naming off crap I've never even heard <laughs> of, let alone not seen. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's not too terribly exciting. And um, I'm guessing by the name Viral, it's going to be like... It's going to be like a YouTube kind of. Oh no feel. doubt. I just I don't know as how opposed to a VHS. I don't I don't understand. I guess I don't understand how they're going to make this like like the other other two movies where there's a wraparound story with somebody watching these VHS tapes. I don't by this very small minute. Um, description of what the movie's about. I don't understand how they're going to... What are you talking about? What are you guys doing right now? You said, uh, pound down a few scotches, and all you do is sit here and watch videos. I mean, guys will sit around and do that. But it, and that opens it up to watch, you know, what, see whatever they're seeing on the screen. But, I mean, did you, did you read the description? I don't remember now. Yeah. Focuses well, on fame-obsessed teens who unwill, unwittingly become stars of the next internet sensation. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like either a wraparound story and if that's the case I don't understand how they're going to incorporate that into watching other videos or it sounds like one of the videos itself in which case what's the rest of it you've seen videos of people watching a video just to gauge their reaction I, I'm not I'm not seeing where this is that difficult to get your mind wrapped around this seems like it's pretty like easy like formula the, uh, two girls one cup reaction videos yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. my favorite one is Jessica Alba's have you seen that one? She did a two girls one cup. She did a reaction video. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I'm, seen I'm sure that's everyone's favorite. It's great because she's watching it. She's just like, "What? <laughs> Stop!" <laughs> she doesn't really react at all. That's what's so hilarious about it. She's seen it before. Yeah, it's like that was my bachelorette party. 
She's just hoping the one with her doesn't come up in, in, in the queue. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on. Okay. It was a zombie jamboree took place in a New York cemetery. It was a zombie jamboree took place in a New York cemetery. Zombies from all parts of the island. So um, there's a there's a movie coming up here. Um, don't really know a whole lot about it. Hmm? He's burping. Ah. Oh. So excuse me. Foul. Don't do that here. <laughs> it's a classy show. <laughs> I'm a guest. <clears throat> anyway, uh, this movie is called Scouts vs. Zombies. Uh, What's it about? Are there some M&Ms in the green room, by the way? Only, only red ones. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Sorry, we got your writer too late. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, What's it about? Uh, well... Is it about scouts versus zombies? It's about ballerinas. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> no. It is about scouts versus zombies. Uh, specifically, it's a story of three high school boy scouts who must use their skills to battle vicious zombies after their small town suddenly becomes infected. Um, this uh, is going to be starring uh, Sarah Dumont who you would know from Don John, uh, Ty Sheridan, who was in Mud and Tree of Life, uh, David Koechner, dad's favorite. Fuck Koechner. <laughs> you don't like Koechner? Oh, that guy's a dick. I, I think I watch. I know he's going to get killed on my watch. <laughs> he's their uh, scout leader. <clears throat> of course he is. <laughs> um, but you know him from, fuck. So many things. Anchorman. Anchorman. Waiting. Every bad comedy you know you know him from. <laughs> yeah, pretty much anything with Judd Apatow attached to it <laughs> in one form or another. There's Todd Packer. Yeah. On the office. There we go. Uh, and then Patrick Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that Schwarzenegger. <laughs> this is his kid? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, Arnold and Maria Shriver's kid who... Um, he was kids. He's got a, a couple, I think. Steroids would have shriveled those nuts up, the penis. <laughs> I think this kid's uh, probably in his early to mid twenties. Um, P. Schwartz, as the kids call him, right? <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> as as you all know, um, he he was. This is actually not his first movie. He was in uh, Grown Ups Two uh, and the Benchwarmers. You know, two movies with David Spade. <laughs> Claim the fame. <laughs> 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 Two movies I haven't bothered to see. Yeah, he was in a couple others, but those are the ones that stood out. Um, so yeah, uh, basically Sarah Dumont is going to play a beautiful high school dropout <laughs> with a past who will teach the scouts to man up and fight against the undead. So, so this is supposed to be like a horror comedy, I assume. It's got David Koechner in it. What do you think? <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, is it going to be a horror comedy or is it just going to be a comedy? I th- I think it's going to be a horror comedy yeah. with more leaning towards comedy. <clears throat> kind of, probably like Shaun of the Dead, but, you know, not good. Like, I'm wondering if they're going to have, like, running, talking joke zombies. I hope not. Um, but. <laughs> fast zombies. Fuck joke, right? Fuck fast zombies. Travesty. Anyway, there's no release date yet on this. Um, <laughs> Hopefully never from the sound <laughs> of it. <laughs> Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe we'll keep you posted on this if something interesting happens. But probably not. Dave, yeah. You could follow up on David Keckner's website. I'm sure it's all he'll <laughs> talk about probably for the next 
It's uh, that's Davy <laughs> Guy did one okay serious movie that I know of, and because he was in it, it turned into a fucking joke. Snakes, <laughs> snakes on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was turned into a joke because Samuel Jackson was in it. <laughs> <clears throat> could have been serious. Samuel L. Jackson. It could happen. Plenty of serious movies and comedies. And dramas. <laughs> They're all the same movie. <laughs> Every movie in Hollywood movie ever. ever. <clears throat> he was in a, even in uh, a movie in the 1800s. It was Django Unchained. Yep. <laughs> Django. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Fuck it. That's it on that one. That sounds awful. <clears throat> it does sound awful. You want me to do the story? I know you want to. Yeah, I do. Uh, well, not everyone's favorite doctor, but uh, probably teenage girl's favorite doctor, Matt Smith, has been cast in Terminator 5. And, and this isn't necessarily horror news, but because it was semi-Doctor Who related. I just, I because it gave Tony a chubby, he wanted to talk about it. Yeah. I'm sitting here with a boner out of my pants right now. Out of your pants? <laughs> oh. I'm glad this table is here. Yeah, I'm covering it up with a tablecloth. Don't worry. I thought I raised you better than that. <laughs> yeah, I blame you for this job. <laughs> anyway, uh, Skydance Productions posted on their Facebook, we don't have a TARDIS, but we do have a Time Lord. Matt Smith is joining the cast of Terminator, and John Connor is very happy about it. Hashtag Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> Who's That's Matt? important. Who's what? Matt Smith? He played... Uh, he was the Bowtie Doctor. Yeah. With the Fez. He didn't. He wore a fez like twice. But that's like what people know him as. I, not him. He doesn't reason. even watch it. I'm sorry. I mean, I. I, I don't uh, watch it either, and I know okay. this. He's the guy with the very low brow and the slicked hair. Okay. He yeah, played, but he was Doctor Who. Yeah. Okay. Most recently. Patrick Bateman in the American Psycho musical in the UK. <laughs> the musical? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not the first. Uh, oh, the, oh, those Brits. Yeah, this was the first horror movie they changed into a musical. Musical either they did Carrie, they did um, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, <laughs> um, and uh, Evil uh, Dead. Evil Dead. <clears throat> uh, anyway, uh, in a statement, Paramount said Smith will play a new character with a strong connection to John Connor, alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jason Clark, Amelia Cl- Amelia Clark, uh, Jay or Jai Courtney. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Yes. Simmons? Yeah. Right. <laughs> also known as I'm J. Jonah Jameson. <clears throat> Sign me up. Shut up. That, that Jai J. guy, I think that's that was uh, uh, John Connor's kid in The Last Die Hard, wasn't it? You said it like you didn't know who he was. John Connor's kid? John Connor. Oh. Uh, um, unbelievable. Um, John McClane's kid. I, I didn't in the see last it. Die Hard. I didn't see it, so... I'm, you missed a diehard? <laughs> Fuck you. Was that? <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> was that even really a diehard movie? It was. Okay. Uh, the diehard was at the end of the title, not the beginning, so I don't think it counts. Uh, <laughs> a movie called Die Hard. <laughs> Another movie called Die Hard. Another diehard movie. Uh, there, also, there's... Uh, 
Dio or Dio. Okinai and Bung Hung Lee. <laughs> now, now, Bung Hung's mother named him that for a reason. It probably means something spectacular in the Philippines or wherever the fuck he's from. Like Grand Dragon or something? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's Byung Hun Lee. Uh, anyway, uh, so, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger, from what I've read... Compose yourself, Taylor. <laughs> that just caught me so off guard. <laughs> Are you reading the same thing he is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, we know that Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be in it, but he's obviously much older. Uh, I believe he's going to be playing. Uh, he's going to be playing a Terminator, but he's basically going to be like an older version. I mean, like, I think he's going to be a... <laughs> the T-8. <laughs> well, no, I mean, particularly, he's gonna, I think he's going to be playing a T-800 like he has in the past. But I also, I think he's going to just have an older physical appearance. Just, I actually just read this morning that the timeline of this one is supposed to cross over with the timeline from the first. Yeah, uh, I know. I read, actually, I don't think it was actually cast in stone. I can't remember who said it, but it, it was a quote of somebody saying... Uh, from the original Terminator when Schwarzenegger goes down, rips out Bill Paxton's heart and steals the other guy's clothes, that scene kind of pans off of screen and you see an older T-800 come into frame and like just come back into the timeline. So it's going to be overlapping um, timeline. Did the explain how Paxton's clothes fit on Schwarzenegger? <laughs> are they going to reconcile that? Because that's, that's bothered me for <laughs> almost 30 years. Yeah, I th- would have thought if they'd steal anybody's clothes, it'd be um, that big neck guy from X-Files. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, and then uh, Amelia Clark, who you guys would know from Game of Thrones, she plays, uh, was it da- Daenerys? I don't watch don't, it. Don't look at me. I don't... The gir- girl with the platinum hair. Um, oh, okay. I know who you're I talking about. I, picture of. I don't know. I have no idea what the character name is. She's the one who does full frontal in Game of Thrones. Yeah, that one. But she won't. She refuses to do any more nudity in that show, which makes it incredibly less interesting. Um, but anyway, she will be playing Sarah Connor, um, and I think it might be Jason Clark is actually going to play my um, Kyle Reese. I, I think. Um, so wait, 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 wait. Okay, I'm confused now. This what is the timeline on this new one? It 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 it's, it crosses over. It, it kind of explores like is it like alternate timelines. I think. I mean, um, you still, yeah, you start playing alternate timelines. You can come up with any fucking hair brain idea you want. Well, yeah, but I'm just I'm trying to reconcile this as you're describing it, and I'm not getting there from here because if it's is John Connor an adult? Is he Christian Bale again? I think it it takes place. In the future and in the past, or you know, present day. <clears throat> there's there's a little bit of both, I think. I, I'm, I'm guess I'm curious how they're going to explain yeah, saggy well, ass old fat punchy <laughs> Schwarzenegger. <laughs> have to wait for a trailer or something on this one. I think. Yeah. They're... Instead of this Jai Courtney, it'd be better if it was Michael Jai White. Yeah. <laughs> Spawn. <laughs> Spawn eater. Black dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> Jax. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so um, 
I don't know. I will wait to hear more news about this. Um, Who's be- directing? I feel like I should know that. Yeah. The people are listening to Tiffany. You're supposed to know that. I apologize for him. I'm sorry. I'm unprepared. Yeah. You should have been raised better. I blame his mother. <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, let's see. Terminator Genesis is going to be the name. Oh, it's not term- just Terminator 5? <laughs> no. Um, you put a name like Genesis on there, it can be any fucking thing you want it to be. It's like Genesis. It's going to be directed by Alan Taylor. Oh, him. <laughs> Who is, is it? A L A N. Yes. T A Y L O R. It's your fucking name. You don't know how to spell it. There's two ways to spell it. <laughs> That's totally my alias. Whenever uh, I get an alias, I always use Alan Taylor. Hey, really? Alan Taylor directed Thor The Dark World. Oh. All right. So, he's got some. Uh, some clout, I would say. Clout? Was Thor the Dark World any good? I didn't see it. I didn't see it, but it's a Marvel movie. I mean, Marvel's not in the business of casting or, you know, hiring bad directors, I don't think. At least not this late in the game. Okay. You guys heard it here. Blame Tony if it sucks. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Um. Anyway, so. So, Sega Genesis coming. <laughs> Someday, starring Doctor Who. Right. Uh, yep. Oh, Bill Paxton's in it. Uh, oh, wait, okay, I'm sorry. Jason Clark is playing John Connor. Isn't that what you said? No, I said Kyle Reese. Oh. Uh, oh, um... Christian Bale's gonna play Kyle must Reese. Must be... This Jay Courtney is playing Kyle Reese, who is a white guy, apparently. He's Australian, so that'll be nice. They're all Australian or English. There are no more American actors. <laughs> yeah, that that could drive me off on a whole other tangent. Anyway, uh, so yeah. But yeah, Matt Smith casting a new role. Um, as of yet, I mean, it's an as of yet un, a role that has not been portrayed. It's a brand new role. But he is going to have some close relation to John Connor in one form or another. Um. So it'll be interesting. I'm getting some uh, f- aside from you know Schwarzenegger and uh, Amelia Clark and J.K. Simmons. Obviously, getting some <laughs> getting some fairly well-known names in this movie. So that's uh, pretty exciting. Moving on. Got a black magic woman. Got a black magic woman. I've got a black magic woman. So, the television show Salem has been renewed for a second season already. There are only four episodes into the first season. Um, I've been meaning to watch this. I haven't gotten around to it. It's on Hulu, motherfucker. Is it? Yeah. Well, we'll have to go catch up. Uh, The second season is going to be 13 episodes. Uh, quote from WGN America President Matt Chernus says, At WGN America, we are committed to delivering compelling, brand-defining programming, rich with fascinating characters, and Salem has done just that. So, have you been watching then? Yeah, uh, I'm actually, I have not watched the most recent episode. Um, I My fiancé likes to watch it, too, so even though, you know, I put it on and then she fucks around on her 
iPad. But she says she likes to watch it, so. <laughs> so I haven't watched it yet, but um, it, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for it to pick up a little more, though. Yeah. So um, you've seen three of the four episodes? Um, actually, I think it, I think I wrote this with uh, it, this coming episode. Today's Saturday. We're recording this. I think tomorrow on Sunday is the fourth episode. I think. Okay, so you've seen two. Yes. Okay, and it's, it's kind of a slow start. Yeah, I mean, like I said, only <sighs> as far as I'm recent, there's only two up, only two episodes in. So. Um, yeah, there's still plenty of time for it to kind of get going. We're talking about uh, Salem. N- no? You don't like it? Way slow. That, that's what I'm just saying. But, I mean, it's only three episodes in. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with it for a while. Yeah. I mean, the, the concept is awesome. Yeah. Which is for real this whole time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> interesting. Well, season two begins production later this year to be released in 2015. Uh, did I already say it's going to be 13 episodes? Yes. Well... I stand by it. <laughs> um, I'm in. I I don't watch a lot of WGN programming. I think this is actually its first original I think it's show. The first one, yeah. Um, I believe WWE Superstars is on WGN America. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, what a pedigree! <laughs> I am surprised on how. Um, I guess risque they've been. I mean, uh, just uh, visual um, things, you know, bi- violence and um, just kind of... Uh, Sex and violence. Yeah. Um, you know, just like overall like gore. I mean, there, there's there been kind of minimal gore, but the, the scenes they show is there. They've been really just very uh, over the top. Your graphic, I guess. Yeah, for, for TV. Um, also, I mean, they obviously haven't shown direct nudity, but there have been naked women they've shown a lot more than i would think to see on network tv yeah it's it's an expensive show looks like oh no doubt Um, i mean creating that a town from nothing yeah it's um there's there's a few character actors in there that i kind of recognize the only one that comes xander berkeley xander look him up He's 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 a guy that's been in I think every show ever made on television ever in history. Oh wait, I know you're talking about yeah, Um, and uh, yeah, Shane West. Um, Is that the John, the main character? Yeah, Yeah. Um, I know a lot of girls would remember him from that Mandy Moore movie. Walk to Remember. That's the one. You know what he reminds me of? (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever watch that dumb show, um, Raising Hope? Oh yeah, you know that <laughs> retard store clerk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like put a five o'clock shadow on the guy and grow his hair out. Yeah, put him in a dark set, and it's it could be him. <laughs> Sorry, it's just that's what he reminds me. Of. Um, no, it's 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 way soap opera like um, where I thought it'd be a little more. Um, I thought the 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 it'd be a little more isolation of the episodes where there was some. Something satisfying at the end of of any episode so far. None of the episodes have been three of them so far. I think. Uh, yeah, we were just talking about like yeah, it's a, nothing's been satisfying as they close. <clears throat> yeah, I haven't watched the third episode yet. Um, by the time this airs, the fourth one will have aired, so we got some catching up to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I wasn't like 
over the moon about the first two episodes that I have seen. Um, but I think I feel like it's got something there that'll keep me coming back, um, at least for the time being, until I have decided definitively that it's not worth my time. Yeah, I'll stick with it for a while. Um, it gets, it'll get, I'll give it maybe five, six before I decide if I'm going to yeah, I mean, the season or just tank it. What's that? I'll give it five or six episodes before I decide if I finish the season or just let it tank. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, like this story saying that uh, it's only, like I said, by the time this airs, it'll be four episodes in, and they've already renewed it for a second season. So obviously it's doing well. Um, of course, I mean, when you've only got one original show, you don't have much to compare it to. <laughs> throw, so. throw all your resources at it. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Yeah. I just moved in my new house today. But I got squared away Bill started ringing and changed right loud I knew I'd moved in a haunted house So we talked to you before about uh, the Poltergeist remake Sam Rockwell <laughs> The one shining grace in that movie um, it, uh, It's starting to turn out to me seems more like a I can't believe I'm drawing the 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 line here between reimagining and a remake, but it's, it's sounding more like a reimagining. Um, what a stupid word. Legendary filmmaker Sam Raimi and director Gil Keenan reimagine and contemporize the classic tale about a family whose suburban home is invaded by angry spirits. When the terrifying apparitions escalate their attacks and take the youngest daughter, the family must come together to rescue her. Yeah, and this is get, this gets confusing because... Um, the the Bowen family, which is they, that's the the new family in in this one. That's Sam Rockwell's family, right? Um, they search around the attic in their new home and find things that are familiar from the original Poltergeist movie, uh, owned by the Freeling family. Craig T. Nelson, <laughs> uh, particularly the Star Wars sheets from from the kids' bed. Um, uh, same black and white TV and same Christmas decorations that you would have seen in the original Poltergeist movie. So it's confusing because, you know, maybe my memory's getting a little hazy in my old age, but I could swear, <laughs> I could swear that the house was destroyed and basically sucked into another dimension. It was basically uh, like sucked into itself. Yeah, it like, yeah, sucked, <laughs> imploded into this vortex where it was no more. So I'm wondering how. Not only is the same house there, but how these items are there, too. I think they're counting on the original audience from the original movie having died by now. <laughs> or having senility. Dementia. Yeah, dementia set in and not even remembering it was a movie. Yeah, maybe they're going to turn it into another Carrie, just turn it into a teen movie. Um, With Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Because he's a heartthrob. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like... And good news, it'll be 3D. Yay! According to Jared Harris, who is in it. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure what his role is in it. I, I believe he plays some kind of professor, but I'm I not. Be- <laughs> what sure. else? I bet, I bet he's the guy, instead of the little dwarf... Uh, Zelda... Zelda Rubenstein yeah. or Zelda... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever fucking name was. Yeah, little munchkin instead of her, probably him. That's very possible. Because he's, he's equally creepy, but full-size. <laughs> Jared Harris, for those who don't know, uh, he he's probably best known as Lane Price from Mad Men. Um, 
Also, he he was the professor in the wheelchair from Resident Evil Two. Moriarty, yeah, and, uh, second uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, and more most recently, I think he's in, in he's uh, plays like a, a teacher or professor in the Quiet, Quiet ones. ones. Right, yeah, that was yeah. actually pretty good. Oh, did you see it? Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you told me about that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, I don't know. The more I hear about this, the less excited I get for it. Yeah, I mean, like, I like that Sam Raimi's involved despite his recent history. Um, and I really like that Sam Rock- Rockwell's in it, but they're just really not selling me on it. <laughs> the first one was... Eh. first one was okay, because it was, a, it was a ghost story when you needed a ghost story. Sure. There really wasn't much else going on. All the sequels were terrible. <clears throat> oh, God. Yeah, it should have never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, uh, but the movie itself, even in the 80s, was eh, kind of weak. I mean, the effects were kind of cool yeah. for their time. And if Sam Raimi's involved, you know the ghosts are going to be just fucking wretched-looking, horrible, look, you know, scary yeah. things. But the concept of it just being ghosts, they take the girl, take the little girl, <clears throat> they got to get her back. It's like, yeah. you know, TV movie. Yeah. Their, their, their name is Baum? Bauer. Or, uh, sorry, Bowen. 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 Okay, Bowen, okay. So yeah, this opens uh, February thirteenth, two thousand fifteen. So as any as if anyone gave a shit. <laughs> so happy yep. Valentine's Day. <laughs> you have lots of time to plan for something else. <laughs> lots of time to figure something else to do. So, going back to Khan. Khan! Night of the Living Dead Origins is apparently going to finally premiere there. This is a movie that's been in the works for three, four, five years. Um, it is a 3D, again, animated reboot of the original Night of the Living Dead. Uh, there's a few stars in it from the 1990 Tom Savini remake including Tony Todd playing Ben and Bill Mosley playing Johnny. Uh, some other fairly big names in it. Daniel Harris is playing Barbara. Tom Sizemore is playing Chief McClelland, who I think is a new character. I don't remember there being a chief. Uh, it's like at the very end. Yeah, at the end, end of the movie, movie yeah. Um, and then Joseph Pilato, who played Rhodes in the original Day of the Dead. Joe got it! <laughs> he will be playing Harry Cooper. Yeah, that's fitting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's directed by... Good Lord. Oh, shit. I'm going to say it's Christian, but with a K and a Z. <laughs> Magdic and Zebediah DeSoto. This is going to premiere at Con. Uh, it's, it's, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> On May 16th, which is a week from yesterday as of this recording. And uh, then there's supposed to be a theatrical release in fall of this year. So this is a cartoon remake yep. of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Uh, it's it's mocap. I mean, it's not like just completely cartoon, but still. It's, what's yeah, mocap? It's motion capture. The guys with the oh, green okay. suits with the ping pong balls all over them. All right. Yeah. Uh, like like you said, this has been in the works like for... Like Garfield was? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Just drawing a comparison. <laughs> 
Let's, let's, let's be fair and at least draw a comparison to like <laughs> Rise of the Planet of the Apes. All right, all right then. I just but that was Andy Circus. Just with that was his face, was it? <laughs> uh, I've seen his face. He's a pretty terrifying individual. He's quite a, quite the ugly guy. <laughs> um, like you said, this has been in the works for God years. I mean, when do, when did we first find out about this? Like. At, at least three years ago. Yeah. At least. <clears throat> and I, th- I think, wasn't, um, it was most deaf that was originally supposed to be t- uh, Ben, wasn't he? Yeah. You're yeah. right. I forgot about that. Why Tony Todd? Why would you get some old fuck? Well, he was in the 1990 version. I understand, but I'm saying, what's a guy, 60 now? In his 60s? And that, that who was a black guy? Ben? I didn't know he had ben. a name. Ben, yeah. yeah. He actually had a name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just a black guy. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I thought that's what he was. Just the black guy or the guy in the house. Anyway, um... That was, he was kind of a young buck. That was the, kind of the whole point, wasn't it? He was just kind of this young stud that was going around and and uh, keeping control of things. And I, I just can't imagine some old fuck doing. Well, I mean, it's just his voice. Yeah. So. Oh, okay, okay. I forgot. It's a cartoon. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. So I. Tornado. I don't know. I, I mean. You know he's going to be over the top too because he's such a ham when because he's, he's when he's top. Yeah, when he's in person he's such a ham and like you know this is going to be over the top with just his voice. So the one I'm most interested in is Daniel Harris as Barbara because I'm wondering if like the character is going to resemble her or if it's going to look more like the classic Barbara, you know, blonde hair. And- yeah, I, I couldn't say. Depends what time frame it it takes place, and if it takes place in the '60s like it did in the first one. Um, then- True. Probably have the hairband on and look very 60s. Yeah. I wonder if she'll be taller than, you know, three feet tall like Daniel Harris. <laughs> she's a tiny little person. Who is she? God, that name sounds familiar. Uh, she's in Hatchet 2 and 3. Played Mary Beth. Okay. She played Michael Myers' niece in um, Halloween 5. She was, she was the brun- the main character in, in uh, Hatchet, right? She was a baby in that. Are you really bringing that? Back? Sorry. She, she was the, the main Main uh, girl, main character in Hatchet, right? Yeah, but yeah. she was in Hatchet two and three, not the first not one. The first one. She was in uh, the, the, the rest two. The character was in Hatchet one, but she didn't play that character. Oh, until the second one. Girl, then. Okay, no. never mind. She was in Zombies Halloween. Yes, she was. Uh, yeah, she played the the sheriff's daughter in Halloween. Zombies Halloween. Just too long ago. Again. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. I, Talking about what time period it takes place in, it also kind of makes me wonder if she'll be playing like a Barba that's just like a constant victim, like in the original, or if she's going to be more kind of like forceful and warrioress like in in like in the remake. I mean, it, it says that this is a reboot of the Romero version. It doesn't. It doesn't mention that's the 1990 point. version, other than you know that Tony Todd and Bill Mosley are in it, right? So I, I would assume that it would be closer to the original 1968 version where she's more of a victim. Now, I understand that the public, the uh, original 1968 version is public domain. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So Which is why there's a thousand, a thousand remakes, remakes it. So they can do whatever they want with that one. But the Bill Mosley one, the later one, the 1991, probably is not. I, I believe like a, most of the same crew was involved in the 1990. And the reason that they did it is so they could get the property back. Oh, okay. But that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but if they make it contemporary, then she'll probably be. Yeah, she'll probably be the hero. She'll probably be a weed smoking lesbian, <laughs> um, ultra feminist. 
screwing the black dude. <laughs> Lesbian screwing the black dude. It's got to capture it all, though, especially for the Seattle audience. <laughs> they're gonna buy, They're gonna show it at SIF or anything. They're gonna have to capture all that. Anyway, you so knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing it to my show. <laughs> Glad to have you on. Well, it's premiering at Con, so you know that's for the French. Then God only knows what's going to be going on. There's going to be glory holes and stuff in it. <laughs> <laughs> Rotten cock coming through. <laughs> like, Careful, Barbara. They'll fall off. <laughs> They're coming on you, Barbara. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know it's brown. It's come really. This way, there's not fast. <laughs> All right, so that's yeah, like Taylor says, <laughs> coming out in the fall. So. <laughs> Right. Uh, we have one more bit of news, and I have a feeling this. Oh no, we have. Oh shit! Oh my god, we have so much news today. Holy shit! Are you supposed to cram this all in two hours? We're we're at two hours right now. <laughs> I mean, is, is there like some? No, we don't have a set no. deadline or you know timeline. Just we may have to like split this into two episodes or something. <sighs> anyway, uh, uh, Cannibal Holocaust yeah. is coming to Blu-ray finally. This is the most fucked up movie ever. <laughs> this, this, one, this one's a bear. Yeah. This movie was just fucked up for the sake of being fucked up. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming to Blu-ray July 1st. It's a three-disc set, two Blu-ray discs with special features, and a remastered soundtrack of the original score by Riz Ortolani. Uh, the special and features include new high-definition digital restoration of the uncensored director's cut, which that can only... God only knows what's in that. Uh, spectacular digital stereo remix and original mono mix. Commentary tracks with director Ruggero Diodato and Robert Kerman, Carl York, and Francesca Ciardi. Francesca. That's what I said. Uncultured swine. America. New in-depth interviews with Ruggero Diodato... Francesca Diardi, assistant director Salvo Basile, and cameraman Roberto Forges Davazati, as well as classic interviews with Robert Kerman, Carol York, and composer Riz Ortolani. Oh, Christ. Liner notes by director Eli Roth. Who, as you know, is directing basically Cannibal Holocaust, essentially. Green Inferno. Yeah. And legendary horror journalist Chaz Balloon. Extensive stills galleries and theatrical trailers from around the world. Bonus CD, amazing new remaster of the original Cannibal Holocaust score by Grammy winner and Academy Award nominee Riz Ortolani, and more surprises. Woo! Uh, yeah. This can be pre-ordered exclusively at Diabolic with a K DVD dot com. Diabolic with a K, K I A B O L I C. No, that's the whole thing. Diabolic with a K DVD dot com. Wow, that's gonna be hard to remember. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was that was that, and a, a lesser known one called Cannibal Ferox. Uh, I've I've seen that one too. Yeah, two very very fucked up. Oh movies. god, yeah. Uh, I think I think they really cut that guy's cock off. Yeah, <laughs> and ate it. And ate it. Yeah, <laughs> before they went after the turtle. You ate her. <laughs> you ate her. Uh, yeah, extremely fucked up. Um, yeah. It that movie I've been really set. Uh, set the bar for <laughs> cannibal movies. I think 
Uh, fucking Dago's know how to do it. <laughs> it makes me wonder. I can say that I'm Italian. Uh, the fact that Eli Roth is directing, like we mentioned, it's like almost it looks almost identical to Cannibal Holocaust, um, save for a, a few particular plot points. Um, makes me wonder how many. Like how many things he'll draw from that movie? <laughs> yeah, he's doing a new one. I mean, he's doing. It's what? called the Green Inferno. Okay, but the 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 premise is sounds like basically like the exact same movie. Yeah, it's a bunch of bunch of Greenpeace hippies that go down to some go down to the Amazon to try to save this tribe and end up getting captured by this yeah, tribe. They, they don't want anything to do with being saved. Yeah. More food. Uh, the weird thing about not weird, but interesting thing about that movie is this tribe that. Um, is in the movie that they're like an actual Amazon Amazonian tribe that have never been filmed before. Who um, would do that? I mean, would you go anywhere near the fucking tribe that's never been filmed before? Exactly. Like exactly. Like, and it's probably um, like the ones that believe that, you know, if you take their picture, you take their soul. I imagine that's probably why they've never been filmed. Possibly. Um, like we talked about last episode, like I wonder how, what he did to get them to many, allow him. Yeah. And how much, him. how many fewer crew members he came back with. <laughs> Well, that's last episode. I, I, you know, I mentioned not to quote me on this because I could be wrong, but I, I think this tribe in particular actually used to be cannibals. No thanks. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what the hell he's thinking. He's got some some bigger nuts than I do. They already did the whole thing from a helicopter where they couldn't get him. <laughs> Sending minions down there to be eaten. Gross. Anyway, so yeah, Cannibal Holocaust. You know going to be gorier and shit, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially Eli Roth. Yeah. And then the fact that he's, like, doing a commentary track or whatever on this um, Blu-ray just goes to show that, you know, clearly this is some kind of inspiration for him, so. Yeah. If he didn't already think so, this kind of <clears throat> proves it. So we've got to go to the to the effects guy and say, okay, now I need at least 50 edible fake cock <laughs> we do a lot of takes on this one what do we make him out of boss <laughs> make him out of cock <laughs> I think it's edible don't ask me these questions um, <laughs> you're the detail guy <laughs> I just got the ideas man <laughs> Okay, so now we're in our Stephen King news. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen King has a new novel coming out. Um, it's called Mr. Mercedes, set for release on June 3rd. Um, looks like the premise is, in a mega-stakes, high-suspense race against time, three of the most unlikely and winning heroes Stephen King has ever created try to stop a lone killer from blowing up thousands. In the frigid pre-dawn hours in a distressed Midwestern city, hundreds of desperate... Is this the whole fucking story, Taylor? Uh, it's just... That, that, that was the <coughs> synopsis that was on the website, was that whole thing. If you don't read the whole thing, don't read the whole thing. What the fuck I'm, I'm already going. I'm already... There is... A, there's a trailer for it, also, by the way. Uh, yeah. That's weird. Um, okay, yeah. In the frigid pre-dawn hours in a distressed Midwestern city, hundreds of 
desperate unemployed folks lined up for a spot for a job fair. Without warning, a lone driver plows through the crowd in a stolen Mercedes, running over the innocent, backing up and charging again. Eight people are killed. Fifteen are wounded. The killer escapes. In another part of town, months later, a retired cop named Bill Hodges is still haunted by the unsolved crime. When he gets a crazed letter from someone who self-identifies as the perk and threatens even more... Threatens an even more diabolical attack. Hodges wakes up from his depressed and vacant retirement, hell-bent on preventing another tragedy. Brady Hartfield lives with his alcoholic mother in the house where he was born. He loved the feel of death under the wheels of the Mercedes, and he wants that rush again. Only Bill Hodges, with a couple of highly unlikely allies, can apprehend the killer before he strikes again. And they have no time to lose because Brady's next mission, if it succeeds, will kill or maim thousands. Mr. Mercedes is a war between good and evil from the master of suspense whose insight into the mind of the obsessed insane killer is chilling and unforgettable. (sighs) Anyway. So this... I mean, I I would say this sounds like a a, a change for Stephen King, but he's done a lot more stuff like this lately. He's done suspense before. Um, And uh, he's... uh, he turned out one two years ago called 11 and it was uh, of course that's when john kennedy was uh, was shot <clears throat> and the story is predicated on a just some average schlub who can who finds a means to go back in time and f- the time he can go back to just by the circumstances surrounding this portal is right before kennedy gets killed hmm. So we can go back and stop it, <clears throat> uh, but of course the uh, you know the the kindly old guy that gives him access to this portal you know says careful what you wish for kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it has to do with a fantasy. It's a hell of a story. It's an awesome book. It's yeah. a great great book. Um, and uh, it, you know he goes back, and he can keep coming back and forth because he knows where the portal is. But yeah. he he continues to age even though when he comes back through the portal. It's right back where he left, exactly the second he left. Mm-hmm. Nothing's changed in his time. He has aged however long he's been gone. Right. Um, and everything resets. So when he goes back through the portal, back in time, it's back the way it was when he goes back. So anything he does and changes, he's got to be prepared to stay back there. Otherwise, the changes won't, won't, won't be in place. Mm. So it's, it's, it's interesting. A lot of you know, time paradox. And if you're into that kind of stuff, it's, it's written very, very well. It's not a horror story. Uh, right, but it's a it's a hell of a book. It's it's one of the better ones he's turned out in the last eight ten years. So <clears throat> something like this that's a strictly a strictly a suspense story. Yeah, I'll, I'll read anything he turns out. Sure, you know we could turn out fucking uh, you know kid stories and I'd, you know, <laughs> and I'd, I'd read it. But um, you know, holding it at arm's length, like I'm reading one now that I missed somehow called Duma Key. Boring as hell. I'm about 150 pages into it. And it's like, God, this thing is slow. It's really not scary. It's not frightening. Mm-hmm. And But this is also goes back, I think, probably 15 years when he wrote this. <clears throat> uh, so there was a time where if he wasn't writing horror, he was largely missing the mark. Um, but he continued to to uh, diversify because he ha- he had some hits. I mean, Shawshank turned in, you know, was, was I mean, it, it was like a... a um, major accomplishment because it was one of the few Stephen King movies that, or Stephen King stories that became a hit movie. Yeah. Stand By Me. 
Um, I always forget that. Yeah, major, major successful movie. The thing about those two stories, those were short stories. Mm-hmm. Those were not his his long to, you know tomes, his, his long uh, protracted novels written over you know three to four years. <clears throat> um, really, Shawshank was th- no Shawshank was a short story. Oh, I did not know that. Um, one, of, one of the better movies, certainly not the best, and people would even argue with me that it was even one of the better ones. Running Man, that was a short story. Mm. Um, when he was in his Richard Bachman phase, when he was uh, writing under a pen name back in the eighties, <clears throat> so his short stories. Um, Running Man accepted uh, that were not horror have made some pretty good movies, um, but <clears throat> his non-horror novels um, for a long time they just missed the mark. They just they just they just didn't care. Lisey's story was one that came out about ten years ago. It was awful. Hmm. God, it was just agony trying to read all six hundred and fifty pages of it. Hmm. Um, but with Stephen King, it's never an absolute. You know, I could very easily have said 11.22.63. I'm not reading that. It's going to be crap. It was actually very, very good. <clears throat> um, the uh, one brain dead on the one I just finished is uh, his latest one. Um, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on the title. Under the Dome was not his latest one. Under the Dome was one. Um, it was uh, um, not a horror, but it was it was you know fantasy, but it missed the mark too. If, 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 I guess, I guess the point I'm trying to make is with him is that <clears throat> you have to, you, you can't just chalk up, oh, it's not a horror story. It's a big, long 800 page novel, but it's not a horror story, so it's going to be junk. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> as soon as you think that, you're going to miss out on something good. Right. But then you gobble up the next one, like Under the Dome, you know, it was, it was not a horror story, fantasy, and it was 700 some odd pages of agony. Right. It was awful. You know, and the TV show they made from it is even worse. Right, that's that's what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's like, so you know, just to summarize that, it, it, his horror stories are almost always going to he's always going to knock it out of the park. If it's not a true horror story like this one you just described, the one's coming out in June, you know, you take your chances. Yeah, you take your chances, and don't wait for the movie because most of the movies are going to be crap unless they're, you know, coming out of a short story. Right. Um. <laughs> But Are you looking over my shoulder? No. Nah. The next story <laughs> is there's a new movie based on a Stephen King short story. <laughs> <laughs> on your knees, dog. Three times. Um, Yeah, it's a a short e story called "Bad Little Kid" that was released in France and Germany on March 14th, being optioned for a feature film by Laurent Buzeru and his production company Nedland Media Incorporated. And Buzeru plans to direct. Uh, He previously wrote and directed the 2011 TCM film A Night at the Movies, The Horrors of Stephen King, which featured King discussing horror films and their popularity with moviegoers. Uh, Bad Little Kid centers on a man whose life changes forever when he realizes that a mysterious boy is causing the deaths of people he loves. Mm Hmm. Hmm. When it was a bad little girl, it was called Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
I don't know what to say about this. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that the story was only released in France and Germany. Yeah. Story. Yeah. Yeah. He's experimented with uh, with electronic books. Um, kind of started playing around with that when he was when he was convalescing. Um, and uh, he did one that um, God it was what was it called the plant. And it was something that was exclusive through Amazon 15 years ago. I mean, whenever he got hurt, I can't remember how far back that goes. Excuse me. Um, but uh, it was a cereal. And you could get uh, – it, it was, it was kind of cheap. I mean, the whole, the whole thing, when it was all finished, would end up costing you about 30 bucks, you know, price of a hardback novel to go, you know, to go buy it. But he did it on a cereal basis. <clears throat> and it was just experimenting with media is really what it came down to. But I guess the story was just – so bad and, and it just it was it was something Stephen King does uh, it was some of his self-indulgence hmm. he was playing with an experiment right you know and taking some concept that probably in his head was awesome for a story which you know that's how writers make their money um, and it just didn't translate to you know something that <clears throat> someone like me I can I can forgive a lot of bad story when I'm holding a book for some reason if to do it on a Kindle or something, no. Nah, if it's shit, turn the light off. I'm not looking anymore. No, no forgiveness. It's just that's the nature of how I read. Um, and this thing was all electronic, unless you just printed it out yourself on your own printer. You can only read it on your on your screen. And so <clears throat> apparently that combined with the fact that it was just a bad story, I don't think it went anywhere. I don't think he even finished it. Hmm. I don't think it was ever. And, 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 and I don't know if it was refunds provided, but it was a bad experiment. It just went south. Um, <clears throat> so. Um, these these things that like he just described just in France and Germany I think you know he's worldwide he's an icon in literary circles he can experiment with anything he wants yeah he can try anything he wants wherever he wants sure. yeah that's the thing you can somebody will sponsor it yeah I mean like he's he's Stephen King he can put out shit and put out more shit and then it's like it's just there's always going to be people saying well his his next one's going to be awesome so I mean, yeah. he's he's got that name. His name is Brand. So. Generally, it is. Yeah. I mean, he turns out a you know a crappy book, and then the next one usually is good. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if we're going to get to see this. Or if I don't know if, if the movie will just be released in uh, in France and Germany as well. I mean, I'm sure we'll probably get it on some independent illegal internet website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else, we can find it. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I'm sure if it gets some U.S. release, it'll probably be on some small independent movie house company or something. Yeah, uh, but yeah, or it'll be a directed DVD. <laughs> yeah, that's could be. Okay, here it is, our last news story. <laughs> um, we talked to you before about um, the, not necessarily remake, but like the first actual feature film of The Stand um, that they're working on. Um, and there's been some casting done. Um, wait, for, wait, wait, they're making this, remaking The Stand? I mean, they're making a theatrical movie? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, big mistake. That's... That's what I'm thinking too. 
Um, yeah. Can, can carry on. I would name you uh, Well, first off, uh, Josh Boone, who recently um, is, he just recently did the adaptation of uh, The Fault in Our Stars, which is apparently a book. Uh, fiance just told me that this morning. Or no, sorry, last night. Um, yeah, it's by John Green. Right. Uh, don't, I'm not familiar with it. I don't it's know. It's about a 16-year-old cancer patient named Hazel. All right. Uh, why that qualifies him? Nobody names kids Hazel anymore. <laughs> why that qualifies him to write and direct this movie, I don't know. But he is writing and directing it. Um, Casting-wise, uh, Nat Wolf, who was in the Naked Brothers Band, some stupid Disney show, I think. Yeah. Um, and he was also in The Fault of Our Stars. Um, <laughs> and uh, the movie New Year's Eve. Uh, he has been cast in a role. The role like the of, old movie, New Year's Eve? The movie just came out like two years ago. Oh, not like the old horror movie from the it's 70s? No. no. Some lovey-dovey bullshit chick flick. Oh, fuck that. Um, the role that he has been cast for is not yet named, and apparently... Josh Boone has written this part specifically for him. So it's not from the book. No, which is weird because he has quoted to say that it's definitely going to be a rated R movie, which is fine. I mean, that's that's good to hear. They're not going to try and push the PG-13 rating because that inevitably leads to shit. But he goes on to say that the movie will be faithful to the novel. And that kind of seems like it directly contradicts the fact that he's writing in a new part for this yeah. kid. <laughs> Fuck! Yeah, it's incredibly disappointing because, I mean, alongside... This kid is 19, this Nat Wolf kid. And he, he looks like a Jonas. Yeah, he definitely does. <laughs> um, but uh, aside from it, I think The Stand was easily the best... Um, well, I mean, I guess there haven't been all that many, but like as far as like TV iterations of Stephen King works, I think I'd say The Stand is a very close second to it. You liked the TV movie It? Is that what, you're, is that what I just Yeah. That's what we're talking about later on. <laughs> you know that, right? We'll get that. <laughs> um so yeah, the, the original like the miniseries of The Stand, was that the one with Anthony Michael Hall? That was 16 Candles. <laughs> oh, right. I no, don't... That was, was that the a, Dead Zone? That was... Yeah, dead that was, zone. Dead that zone. was an actual okay. TV show. That was at a... That okay, was, yeah. okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, no, that was um, Gary Sinise and... Uh, Molly Ringwald and... Peter Martian. Parker Lewis. <laughs> Put a cast together and then invariably they will fuck it up by putting someone like Parker Lewis. <laughs> Put this dynamite cast together, and then, oh yeah, starring what's his name, Corbin, fucking Corky Nemec, whatever. Fucking, yeah. Call him Parker Lewis. Oh, no. <laughs> no, uh, no. Actually, the stand, uh, it, it, the stand was actually a pretty good, pretty good movie. And if you, if you ignore the fact that it came from what is arguably Stephen King's best book by most most fans' standards, um, ignore that fact. As a standalone story, it's not bad. It's, yeah, it, it's not a bad, not a bad TV movie. Um, it was eight hours. 
Was it that long? Was it, it was like a four-nighter or something? Or was uh, it only two? I don't know. I want to say it was like four hours. Four hours? Okay. <clears throat> um, the I, I can remember several years ago, back, I mean, this was back when Netflix was still kind of in its infancy. Mm-hmm. You had actually rented it from Netflix, and the disc wouldn't play because it couldn't decompress fast enough. <laughs> Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's how long this movie is. Three hundred and sixty-six minutes. Fucking Netflix. So six hours. Six hours. Okay, so it's six, a, okay. Well, shit. So with commercials, yeah, that would have been four nights. So I thought. Okay. Well. Um, so a true miniseries. Um, and we, when we get into the the main subject matter, um, I, I'll elaborate my thoughts on it more. But yeah, that was when they gave it. <clears throat> they gave it a fighting chance to uh, achieve some of the detail. Yeah. In the, in the actual written story. However, it still fell unbelievably short of the, of the, the horror in the story. Yeah, I, I mean... It was an adventure. The movie was an adventure story. Yeah. In my opinion. It was not a horror story. It... it, it um, the stand... Yeah, exactly. The stand, it, it did... Um, the, the, the TV sh- movie, um, or the, the miniseries, it kind of presented it as, as like this biblical battle, basically... Um, but the the book wasn't. I mean, it had those elements to it, but it that's not so much what it was about. I mean, I think they, well, the book. If this, if this is what the subject matter is, the book was essentially um, humans through their own hubris, basically allowed the demise of the world. Yeah. Right. I mean, basically, and, it, and what that then allowed was the the evil, which was personified in a person named Randall Flagg um, to do what he'd been waiting for you know millennia to do is take over the world because now there was very very little resistance was Randall Flagg like he was like this kind of like ancient evil thing if you're a Stephen King fan there are certain threads that run through everything he does mm-hmm. and the person who is Randall Flagg could arguably arguably be Leland Gaunt in Needful Things. Mm. He could be. Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank in the Gunslinger. Um, oh, he, he, someone who could be Randall Flagg could have, has appeared in countless references mm. in Stephen King stories, um, and that's that's what he does. When you read the whole body of works over 30 years, like I have, or like most of his fans have, <clears throat> there are strings of consistency that run through all of his stories. And so Randall Flagg is, yeah, he's this ancient evil that, is he Satan? Eh, maybe. But he's someone who's, basically, if he's not Satan, he's pretty much got all the juice Satan has. Right. And now is his, in the stand, now is his opportunity to come in because there's virtually nobody standing in his way. Right. So he thinks. Except the ragtag game. <laughs> Except fucking Gary Sinise. <laughs> and Shawnee Smith. Oh, yeah. at a, maybe at a time. <laughs> When she was in the remake of The Blob, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> As time and was Rob Lowe? Yeah. And, um, Fortunately for us all, Rob Lowe gets blown up. <laughs> and the guy that plays Patrick Starr, also starred in Coach. I can't remember his name. Foggerbucky. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Foggerbucky. Uh, anyway, so, if, I don't know. It, it's, it's one of those things that you just, it's kind of like a film version of 
that DVD. You can't compress the stand into a two-hour movie. <laughs> You're an idiot if you try it. I'm sorry. I mean, you can make a movie that has elements of it, but don't call it the stand. Yeah. Call it, you so can it's kind of neutered, basically, is what you can. the consensus is. You can. And, and, and again, I'm not trying to jump the gun here on, on, on your main topic, but it's it's <clears throat> you can say it's an adapt not an adaptation, but a... Uh, uh, Inspired by, or you know, some <coughs> innocuous credit that doesn't imply that it's supposed to be the stand. Yeah, you know, there's ways around that. You can say, oh yeah, this inspired me to go write this other right, yeah. <coughs> apocalyptic thing. But um, they call it something else, and then in the credits, just put based on the book, the stand by yeah. Stephen King. Yeah. Fuck everybody, I'm saying. Inspired by a true story. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think if they wanted to stay true to the book, you know, as true as possible. Um, I think they'd probably have to go the route of, I mean, I was going to save this for later, but um, they're remaking, well, I say remaking, but they're making a theatrical version of it. But they're planning to do two movies. You know, I imagine to release them like maybe a year apart or something, but they're going to do it in two parts. So I think that's the only real way you could do such a lengthy book, any any kind of justice. And, and give it the the time that it needs to to kind of grow and, and develop the story, especially something like the stand, which I guess lengthwise it's. I mean, the book itself. I, I think it's probably about as long as it. It's long, about eleven hundred pages, I think. If I remember right, it's about eleven hundred pages. It's over a thousand, and it, I think, comes in right around eight hundred, maybe a little less. Oh, okay, so it's longer than it. Okay, <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, but still lengthy. Bo- lengthy books, both. I mean, just yeah, they the and so much detail. <clears throat> the thing about taking on a Stephen King story, again, going back to what we were talking about, you know, fifteen minutes ago, his when he sets when when he's written the horror classics that he's written, um, that are universally accepted as his best works, The Stand, <clears throat> it, uh, The Shining. Um, they, uh, the reason those are so good is because the situations, the, the, the environments, the locations, and most of all, the characters are relatable. There's always a few weirdos in there that are just like fantasy characters. It's like, there's, you know, there's nobody like that out there. He just put that in there just to kind of, you know, keep the story moving along. Sure, every author will do that. But, Stephen King is has so much intense character development. He will think nothing of spending 20 pages explaining what a character is thinking about a particular situation in between two actions. And so as a result, if you don't capture that in a movie, you've got basically you've got the difference between like Terminator 3 and Terminator Two. All right. Terminator two where there was almost no mistaking what you know, why the characters were doing what they were doing, <clears throat> what they were thinking. T three was an action movie. T three was like bang, 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 bang. Great effects, great action, you know, had a beginning, a middle and an end. But at the end it's like, okay, I mean, why were we here? You know. And Stephen King movies come off that way. Um because you can't capture cinematically <clears throat> the detail that's in a book. And if you try, 
you have what they what basically happened with it is it was originally written as a 16-hour miniseries. Jesus. Holy Christ. Okay? I mean, this is back before you guys were born. Miniseries were true miniseries. You look at Roots, Rich Man, Poor Man. Um, there was a series called The Bastard. It was a, a, a revolutionary war saga. Those were true miniseries. They went on for like two weeks mm. every night. Now, network programming logic was a lot different. Back right. And people's attention spans were longer than, you know, an hour at a time. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and there was no internet. So, you know, TV for was, your, was your visual entertainment. And these were were thought-provoking. Uh, um, and they were, they were taken from, from novels. They were, they were thought-provoking. They, were well, they captured the spirit and the mentality. But they had plenty of time. I mean, they had like 20 hours of, of, of final, final film to broadcast. They captured all that. Yeah. I don't know what that means in, in unedited film. A hundred, hundreds of hours? Who knows? <clears throat> but those days are gone. People's attention spans are, are just aren't there. Remote controls, they dominate. Mm. Internet, forget it. People, you know, Facebook, all that shit that <clears throat> occupies your guys' time. Um, it People's attention spans, you can't commit to something that's three nights or five nights a week for two weeks for the sake of character development. So to take a Stephen King novel and turn it into a true representation in a movie form, those days are gone. You can't do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't do it. Tend to agree with you. Yeah, it's sad <clears throat> because it, it was there when technology was was far uh, uh, substandard to what it is now, far inferior <clears throat> to what it is now. You could do it and do it well. Mm-hmm. Now you got every every technological advance to make it happen, and no one no one wants to. Yeah, the networks don't want to do it. The broadcasters don't want to broadcast it, and most importantly, the advertisers don't want to support it. Yeah, that's the big one, I think. It's too bad. Okay, well, that's finally going to wrap it up for horror business. Um, I'm starting to think maybe you're right. Maybe we should do this and, like, release this two episodes. Yeah, because we're we're looking at at least three hours on this one. Yeah. Well, shit, we're at 2.30 right now. Yeah. What's the attention span of your audience? Un- undecided. listening. <laughs> I got that great plot. I got that great plot. I got that great plot. It's right off the highway. Wobble dee wobble dee drop into my grave plot. You afraid of death? Well, I'm hey guys, Gil Tony and Taylor Terror here. Uh, you know, it's uh, kind of an abrupt cut off here, but our episode started running pretty long. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, what we're going to do is just we're, we're going to split it right here. Um, take take you to the end of horror business, and then I think we're gonna post up tomorrow. We're gonna have our movie reviews for you. Yeah, we're still gonna have the reviews, so don't get your panties in a wad. Everything's gonna be okay. Pet Cemetery and it. We we ran the reviews, and we're gonna have them for you tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, should be fun. That's when uh, my dad really gets into like some good discussion about Stephen King and his works and stuff. So look forward to that. Be there. Good night, everyone. And good luck. And goodbye. And good luck. And tacos. Oh, yeah, let's get some fucking tacos. Fucking A. Under the alcohol with the steam bones, into goblins and wild 
come at the grand line making a sound. The smell of death is all around. And at night when the cold wind blows, no one cares, nobody knows. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. I don't want to live my life again. I don't want to be buried in a pet Addicted to the sacred place To see a dream I can't escape Molding some fangs that are picking up bones Spirits moaning among the tombstones And at night when the moon is bright Someone cries something ain't right I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery Yeah. 